Blog Talk Radio. Alright, alright, alright! Yeah! Yes, we are back, we are back. Welcome to Let's Chat, we missed y'all. Hey, <laughs> Yes, hey, Alicia, we definitely missed y'all, but y'all know me and Alicia, we be doing our thing, no grass grows under our feet. Uh, while we wasn't on the air, trust and believe, we was doing some of everything else. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the chat. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We got a fabulous show today. Let me tell y'all, we're talking about that certified pin game. And every one of our guests on here has a certified pin. You know, me and T are, we readers for the, up first and foremost, we mm-hmm. are readers. We a little bougie. We a little bougie. Um, Just a little bit. We are both bougie. <laughs> Um, every cover, you got to have eye candies to grab us. Let me tell y'all, mm-hmm. I haven't really been able to get into a book lately and, until I read Ethic, uh, which is Ashley Antoinette's spinoff from Moth to a Flame. Child, mm-hmm. I've been in the, the group. I've been all in the books. I'm, wait, I'm waiting <laughs> like a crackhead for book three. <laughs> but that's, that's a crackhead, Lee. <laughs> Yes, but this is what we mean about, you know, readers. Like, a reader, when they into your pen, this mm-hmm. is how they act. They thank you for the next book. If you shipping it, it's like, oh, my God, what's taking so long? Like, ain't nobody thinking about the weather. Ain't nobody thinking about postal service. <laughs> oh, my God, you are so right, Lee. You are so right. But you know, Leash, I was supposed to have been editing. I got finished one, and I started another. But since our last show, guys, Leash, you know when she tell me about a book, 
Uh, I'm going to one-click. So I got my one-click. She told me to start with Moth to a Flame. Child, I could not put that book down. I fell in some love with the Mr. Epic. And now I had to end my speech. I'm like, Leash, why haven't I been up on this Ashley Penn game, girl? I done downloaded Epic 1 and 2. She said there's three waiting. I got that pre-ordered. <laughs> Oh, Baby my child, goodness. Y'all, y'all want to know how y'all readers be acting? This is how they act right here. They got a reading partner because everybody got a crew. Everybody got a read and click. They clicked up. They just see the whole oh, group yes. of them. Or it's the two or three of them. But this is how they talk to each other. And they be excited. And then, you know, you get into the group. Y'all have y'all little talk about it. Y'all be like, no, I don't like that character. No, I don't like it. Wait, it's not even I don't like that character. No, I don't like her. <laughs> Excited because it's a 
different it's it's a different genre, it's a different kind of feel. It's like um she goes back. Um mm-hmm. and I don't wanna say it's historical fiction, but um it's a different feel. And when I read it, you know, I'm I'm used to street lit books. I'm used to like um action all the time. Action, action, action. So just for y'all who don't know, just because people read street lit books is not necessarily the shoot 'em up bang bang. It's the conflict, it's the action, it's the intenseness uh, of the pen. That's really it's the drama. That's what draws people into a book that is um street-based or urban-based. Urban really just means city. You know, it all mm-hmm. depends on the pen, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so her Absolutely. pen was totally different. She came on our show uh, a couple of years ago, like two mm-hmm. years ago. And she's the one that hooked me on to um, uh, the name of that book, the um, – he was that abolitionist. Um, oh, Frederick Douglass? The Douglass that, it was yeah, the history the book? Women. It was the Douglass Women. It was the it was a historical fiction book, but mm-hmm. it was talking about his wife and his side chick. Yes, y'all, they had side mm-hmm. chicks back in the day, and they was bold. <laughs> Let me tell y'all, they was bold. <laughs> The, the man was bold too, cause he moved actually right on up in there. They was all mm. in the house, bold, okay. But let me tell you, we gotta, we gotta call them the originators of the side chick leash. There you go. <laughs> they what? Look, let me. I'm trying to tell you about it. Yes. So I'm excited <laughs> to have her on because she's a reader as well. She belongs to a book club, so we love to be able to talk that talk about books with readers all the time. So it's going to be mm-hmm. exciting in the chat room on tomorrow. Now, awesome. if you are in North Carolina area, remember y'all want to go out and support Teresa B. Howe. I want to say all the, all the. I want to say that the tickets are all up, but mm-hmm. she she has turned her book into a play, and so be mm-hmm. looking for it coming to a city near you. And it's going to start uh, be debuted in North Carolina, Durham tomorrow. So I'm excited for that. I'll be in North Carolina. Um, stealth trip. It's called <laughs> a stealth trip in and out. But I'm gonna um, go and support my girl. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know. And I think that's the feel that I get from authors. A lot of authors are taking their, and they're either turning them into pet plays. I mean, they're getting movie deals. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to Tia from Brown Girls. I mean, they're they're turning them into web series. I mean, it's going down. These authors are getting so creative because, in the words of Tamika Newhouse, the net, the word author really places you in a box. You're an artist, and then they mm-hmm. you just create, and you can create different types of art. So whether you're mm-hmm. writing a screenplay, whether you're writing a book, I mean, you're creating all of that for us. And as readers, you know, T and I, we appreciate the process and the work that goes into what they do for us. Mm-hmm. 
That's so true. Because since we've been doing this, like we said, we have come to truly appreciate what it takes to get a book into our hands. We as readers, you know, the process, you know, you think you can write a story and put it out there, but there's so many levels to get in a good book. And and the key word there is a good book, not a rush book, because as readers, we can tell when something is rushed. We can tell when something is put together just to put something out there. And I'd rather spend $10, $15 on a good book than even spend my 99 cents on something that's just put out there. So we enjoy quality work. (laughs) We know quality work, and we respect the pen and, and the the lineup that we have tonight, they are truly certified from Joshua to Sean Sinclair to Silk White to Xavier. They have taken their pen, or not even their pen, just their passion to a whole nother level. So it's going to be so much their fun uh, yes. to talk to them tonight here in the chat room. Absolutely, absolutely. So if y'all just tuning in, we want to welcome, welcome, welcome y'all. Kick your shoes off. Y'all know here in the chat room, we don't discriminate. Y'all got your little red cups out. That's okay. We're not asking what's in your foot. <laughs> but I've got to peek over there and see what y'all are sipping on. <laughs> y'all, we do. We like. We love what we do. We love what we do. We have a good time. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll be back with that dynamic duel from the web series Opposing Views. Okay. Running up the check, running up the check, yeah, yeah. Stepping on their neck, stepping on their neck, yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat, yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect. I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this. I throw every feeling possible right out the door for this. I'm a savage, 21 savage, Captain Nick, no apple pick. Faking over, no apologies, I'm killing all this shit. I told you I'm a savage, but you wouldn't listen. Uh-huh. I came to take over the whole game, that's my mission. Carrots, you a motherfucker, now pay attention. Uh-huh. Now that I got your attention, uh-huh. let me complete my sentence. Born in the slums, I hustle for crumbs, I saw for days. Now it's time to get paid, dug into my last time. Right. Streets made me a menace, mama didn't raise uh-huh. no fool. Bottom line, you course was mine, homie, I eat your food. I ain't with that mumble uh-huh. shit, the only thing that mumbles quick is when I put that muzzle on that bitch and I freeze that shit. Yeah, I'm insane. Nigga, crazy and I'm cool, cool Split personality, I don't know who's who Screws loose, so watch what you say to me I will snap out, I'm a New York Jersey nigga But now I wanna run it out It's not where you from, nigga It's where the fuck you at So I switch that NY and flip it to a break Running up the check, running up the check yeah, yeah. Stepping on they neck, stepping on they neck yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this If you standing in my way, you gon' be on the floor for this I'm a savage, 21 savage, a grenade without a pen Thinking over no apologies, I'm killing all this shit First off, you don't know who you fucking with right. That nigga KJ here bust quick Better watch what you say when you run your lips He's crazy in the range, you don't give a uh-huh. shit Pop pills, that boy is so That's ill right. Disrespecting, you get killed Slip in my device for the DC Slap to the bitches, I wear sleep hype, yeah You don't want it with the kid from Jersey Better pray to the Lord for some mercy uh-huh. Feel like a mic, come with fire Stop putting on your rap shoe lighter uh-huh. You ain't never do a beat, you a bitch, nigga You be lying to your rap, you ain't rich, nigga uh-huh. You don't want no war with the kid, nigga uh-huh. I run up in your motherfucking grip, nigga I kill you, kill you, kill you And leave no witnesses no. And write a book about uh-huh. it Like 
you got diamonds that's right I'm on my grind, nigga, so don't you waste my time And if you disrespect the king, you know you cross the line I see you haters, nigga, I hear you haters talking You gonna end up six feet deep in the fucking coffin I'm about my paper, I'm about my thriller, I'm counting figures I seen the cross in your eyes, that's why you switch, nigga Oh, you a bitch, nigga, I'm counting chips, nigga You keep on chasing ass, I'm getting rich, nigga Running up the check, running up the check, yeah, yeah Stepping on their neck, stepping on their neck. Yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat. Yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect. I'm out of for this. I will, I will go to war for this. I throw every feeling possible right out the door for this. I'm a savage, 21 savage, Captain Nick, no apple pick. Taking over, no apologies, I'm killing all this here. Hey! Alright, alright, alright! Yeah! Yes, that was a fabulous Karis Jordan. Let me tell y'all, this is what we talk about when we say an artist that does everything. Not only is he a model, he is an author, he is in music. I mean, he does it all. And that is what we mean when we say that authors are artists. They they create art in any any industry that they are in. So, we love mm-hmm. Karis here. We thank him for always sending us good music. If y'all just mm-hmm. tuning in, welcome to my chat. I am Miss Felicia. You know, I got my right hand, and most of the time, <laughs> she is my left. <laughs> the fabulous Miss Tony. We talking that talk today about them certified pins. We have two fabulous guests from the dynamic duo of Opposing Views web series. We got Joshua Gilliard. Gilliard, sorry, Josh, and Xavier Wiltshire. Welcome, y'all. Welcome. Thank you so much. How are you guys? <laughs> we are good. We are good. Don't be coming up in here all shy, Josh. You know how you do. Oh, no, you know I'm not. You know, this is Xavier's. <laughs> this is Xavier's first time on, so, you know, I was trying to, like, Sneak in a little bit, you know. I don't want to be too much. Oh, no. we, you can't, you can't we gotta, we gotta, be here, Xavier. You we can't let him it. dive right on in. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier, you there? We welcome y'all. Thank you hey, so much. Lofty. We gotta give Xavier the pep talk. Now, Xavier. Oh, I don't think he's on. We know your we know your personality. Just go come on and bring it on out. It's okay. We're not gonna hurt you. Not really. No. He says he's he texts me, he says he's not on. Oh. Is he gonna be joining us? Well, while he gets situated, yeah, guys, let's tell us what you've been going and just introduce yourself to our listening audience for those that may not be familiar with your awesome work. Writer, writer, and a producer. Um, mm-hmm. I um, have produced several shows in Atlanta mm-hmm. so far. Um, I started mm-hmm. producing content because I wanted to create my own lane instead of waiting for people to, like, make my lane for me, um, and I didn't see mm-hmm. myself on TV. So mm-hmm. that's why I kind of felt like I wanted to, you know, started creating my own content. I started creating um, side-by-side first, 
And then mm-hmm. after I did Side by Side, um, um, I did my show, Oddly Odin, which is basically a show about me and my sister and my niece and nephew, and that correlated to Gunkel. And Gunkel brought me Xavier, um, mm-hmm. which is Opposing Views, which is a show kind of like a Wayne's Brother Friday-esque type feel type of show. And then mm-hmm. from there, um, here we are. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Lisa and I have been rocking with you for a while because we had the whole uh, crew, your whole crew on a couple of years ago. So we yes, we right we there with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just keep, I'm just keeping, I'm just keeping going. You know, like I've really admired people like Tyler Perry, Issa Rae, <laughs> Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like paved their own way and. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't wait for other people to put them on, and I just right. want to keep doing that and telling dynamic storylines that are personal to me. Okay, absolutely, and I think we have Xavier now. But see, opposing views has a twist. Welcome, Xavier. Tell us about the twist to your fabulous web series. Hi, can you all hear me? Yes, we can. Yes. Yes, they can hear you. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> I was listening the whole time, but I was I was trying to get through. I I spoke. But uh, hi everybody. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Welcome. How are y'all? This is great. I've never done we anything like good. this before. Really? Okay. Well, you gotta tell us to see uh, Xavier. He he a little twist all in himself. You gotta tell everybody a little bit about yourself <laughs> while you stepping in the chat room before you answer the question. Okay, well, um, I am a professional choreographer, dancer, actor, director. I do a lot of different things. Um, I've been dancing since I was four years old. Uh, I grew up in a small dance studio in Atlanta, Georgia, called Jacob's Dance Academy, in which I studied several styles of dance, tap, jazz, modern, clogging, lyrical, contemporary, uh, so so many different styles of dance. Um I started my professional dance career at 14 years old. Um, one of my first big professional dance gigs is the uh, Tiffany Evans Promise Ring video. I don't know if, if anyone's ever seen that or familiar with it. But um, mm-hmm. also right after that, um, I did the movie uh, Stomp the Yard. So that kind of like uh, led off to my uh, really big professional dance career. Um, I've done Pretty much everything there is to do as a professional dancer and choreographer. Uh, I'm on. I'm a regular dancer choreographer on Star right now. Um, I am a dancer on the TV show that will be coming out in February uh, called American Soul that will air on BET. Um, it's an episodic that is basically the story of Soul Train and how <laughs> it was created. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I saw previews mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Also, because yeah. he's being modest, um, Xavier was on the Grammys with Kendrick Lamar. He did the performance with Kendrick Lamar. He's also yeah. I did. The, I've done the Grammys. Bonnie. I've done the um, Oscars. Mm-hmm. I've done pretty much every award. I've done pretty much every award show um, that mm-hmm. has been on television. He just did um, um, Little Duval, right? Yeah, he was yeah, on Yeah, I there did the BET Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, I did the BET Hip Hop Awards in which I choreographed and, and danced in several numbers. Um, I uh, am one of uh, B.O.B.'s regular creative directors, and uh, I also directed four of his music videos. 
Um, Xavier, you're very talented. See, Josh, you have to give him more, more. I mean, you gotta let him shine a little bit, Josh. He's very talented. <laughs> yes, he I don't is. Think he's, I, I don't. I don't, I don't think he, he wasn't letting me. Shine. I know he hogging. No, no, no. Not just as a. Let me find out, that, Josh. A, Let me find out. <laughs> no, not just as a um, dancer, but as an actor too. Because Xavier came to me. We actually met in Subway. Subway. And yeah. um, he came to me, and I just knew him as a dancer, and just to see his growth as an actor, because not only is he just great at comedy, but in drama too. He's amazing. So Xavier is really a triple threat because um, he does mm. music as well um, as dancing and acting. Mm-hmm. Oh, let us find out. You can hold a little tune there. All right, then. Oh, not, not See, I more so on the behind the scenes. Like, uh, I more so write, write and produce. Okay. Wait, he made sure. Like, don't, don't get Clean me that up. singing, y'all. I do it in the, back, and in the background. I don't need uh, y'all asking me to give y'all no notes. <laughs> We got it. <laughs> Don't be having me sing a tune. <laughs> yeah, well, you can you jump on the track or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Now, I love I love the web series, Opposing Views. I, I watch it every time you guys put up a link. Um, Josh, I just want to shout him out because he is queen of the ratchet. And <laughs> yes, sweet. Well, Xavier is also choreographer, queen of the ratchet, too. So to shout him out oh, again. Okay. So Let some me of tell the music y'all, videos that you seen... see. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Now saying no, some of the music videos that you see. Yeah, some of the music <laughs> videos that you've seen. Um, he's choreographed some of those. He's done the Christmas one. Um, a couple of the ones that I put out this summer. So he's helped me on not just um. Not just so just the show that we're doing, but also on Queen of the Ratchet. Oh. I love it. Now, Opposing Views has a twist to it. Xavier, tell us a little bit about the Well, um, the whole idea behind the web series um, is which I, I, when I uh, reached out to Joshua is because uh, it's, it's actually kind of like a, 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 a rendition of my life. Um, I grew up uh, and dancing, of course, but in the process, uh, one of my best friends who I grew up with, he's a big famous choreographer now, his name is Sean Bankhead, he was my first ever gay friend, and before then, mm-hmm. I was, you know, the typical, you know, young man playing sports, I never really, you know, interacted with uh, gay people or homosexual people um, before, and um, so I guess I, I would say that, like, pretty much, like, I guess some of the guys that... Um, you would stereotypically, you know, put into a a scene when they're kids, you know, dealing with gay people. Like I was one of those guys. And mm-hmm. when meeting Sean and us sharing the love of dance and the passion uh, for the arts and everything, it, it completely changed me. It, it helped me to learn to accept people for who they are and not judge them. Um, and, you know, I was going through a couple of different things, um, at the time, right right before I met Joshua, and uh, which was me wanting to change my career, um, or not so much as change it, but kind of like stirring, going to a different direction. I have a passion mm-hmm. for acting and directing. 
I've pretty much done everything that I can do as a professional dancer and choreographer. I'm still doing that, of course, because that's what pays my bills. But I'm pursuing my acting and directing career uh, right now. But to get back to what I was saying about um, with Joshua, um, the whole show was to uh, to bridge the gap between heterosexual and homosexual men, black men specifically, in in America to show that we can work together. We can be friends. We can, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the above and, and it's okay. And uh, like uh, going through different things, hearing a lot of my friends, you know, they'll share with me different experiences that they had dealing with their families, talking about their fathers, you know, actually telling me their fathers hate them. Their, their fathers or their parents want them dead or have attempted to kill them or or just mm-hmm. not feeling loved by your family and there's all mm-hmm. of these you know different things that I would have never imagined or could have ever fathomed um, because I, I I mean I grew up I didn't have the you know the most cookie cutter uh, upbringing but I never felt like my family didn't love me so that's mm-hmm. kind of like that was right. that that was something that is was you know mind-boggling to me but also amazing and I felt like this message needed to be put out there for the world to be able to you know see to gain a different perspective I know within my circle of guys and boys that I roll with they their perspective have changed they've even opened up to be more mm-hmm. understanding and it, I mean it's just a, it's a it's a process mm-hmm that's Absolutely. true. Now, this, this, this is Tony. Uh, we're going to try to differentiate, you know, who you're talking to because we've been told we sound so much alike. But do you feel, um, Joshua and Xavier, do you feel that the fear is of the unknown and that's where it pretty much comes from, just not understanding? Absolutely. Um, then, because mm-hmm. um, when, the first episode of Opposing Views, when he pitched it to me, um, we talked. Excuse me. We talked about homophobia, but we also talked about heterophobia um, mm-hmm. on um, in the, the 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 gay community, and a lot of that can exist because the the LGBTQ community doesn't necessarily have an understanding of what's going on in the heterosexual mind. And then the heterosexual community doesn't necessarily have an understanding of what's going on in the LGBTQ mind. So we mm-hmm. like in the first episode we talk about heterophobia because a lot of people people don't believe that heterophobia can exist. And as he was talking to me in, in Subway the first time, I was like, you know, I can understand where heterophobia can exist because um, there's a defense. For me being a gay man and some 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 gay people built up around heterosexual people that they're all bad or they're all homophobic or especially in the black gay community that that black mm-hmm. men especially heterosexual black men will not understand my perspective because I'm gay and I, I mm-hmm. think the biggest important thing that made me want to do this show with Xavier was I connected immediately to him. When mm-hmm. he told me his story, um, and it was just beautiful to connect with someone that was completely different than me, that saw 
thinks different than me, but understand that we both were human beings. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because um, the situation that happened, that kind of like stir up the um, the idea for even the first episode in our in our conversation was I had my, my friends, um, you know, Sean. He's a big choreographer. My friend Jaquel, he's a big choreographer as well. He choreographed for Beyonce um, and has been her choreographer for many, many years now. But um, they were, anytime we get into a city together, we would meet up. And there's this particular time where I saw that they were together and we were all in the same city, but they met up and, they, and, it, and I wasn't there. And I felt a certain type of way about it. And I was like, what, what, what the fuck is going on? Because I'm straight? Like, <laughs> Like and I, that was just that was exactly that was funny to me that was funny so just I kind of like wanted to just build off of that mm, that private party action <laughs> like now I have a question this is Leisha you know we gotta announce ourselves but you know I want to say that I you know I love Josh but he's open he's really, I love he you too. does really open your mind. I do. I love him. He really has opened my mind because my biggest thing was you I see a gay person or a homosexual and I the correlation is really that it's just who they sleep with in, in private. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I never really correlated them as a man. No mm-hmm. offense, Josh. Mm-hmm. But when I met Josh yeah. Like, Josh is, like, half and half, you know, because he's, like, the best uncle ever. So how do you guys try and pull that out of our community to, to, to know that it doesn't matter who you're sleeping with. We need men to be able to stand up and be and be it's so funny men that you, at some point it's in so, time. It's so funny that you Go said ahead. that because I was just having a conversation with uh, another guy yesterday, and I was just talking to him about how, um, some of my gay friends have shown the most manly, more manly qualities than a lot of my, you know, I have actually, it's random and it's, it's I mean, it's not, I don't know what to say about it, but I have <laughs> more gay friends than I do straight friends, but only because, mm-hmm. you know, my gay friends, they, they inspire me. They push me to, to be better. They push me to be on, on tax. They, they push me to, you know, to, to get, things done like a man, like a man should, in my definition of what a man should, that my, and watching my grandfather and, and him raising me, you know, and, and the qualities that he have and everything. I see that in a lot of my friends, even with Joshua. You know, Joshua has been a big, because he's been doing the web series and, and producing content for much longer than I have. Actually, this is, this is my first time. And, mm-hmm. and, lo- and learning from him and the push that he gives me, I try to use it and apply it to my everyday life in general. Um, mm-hmm. And this is coming from someone who, you know, uh, a lot of my friends wouldn't even look at as like a respect as a man, but he's getting his bills paid and he's not borrowing money. He's not, you know, staying with his mom and, you know, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, he's handling his mm-hmm. business as a man. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, a lot of my, that's a lot of my gay friends are. And so it's kind of like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I learn a lot of I learn of myself man qualities from gay people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I How think that we have to break that, the stick. Yeah, I think we have Go to ahead. break the stereotype of what a black, especially a black man, because there's so mm-hmm. much pressure placed on the black man 
Um, mm-hmm. And I was just lucky to have a an amazing father figure that showed me what a black man was just, just supposed to do. So when mm-hmm. we talk about my niece and nephew who I told them specifically, and I'll tell them on here, I, they're not my niece and nephew. They're my daughter and my son. And mm-hmm. that's just something that I feel in my spirit. And it's just like I, I saw something, I saw a position where I wanted to step in and I wanted to mm-hmm. be there for them. Even if their fathers were there or they weren't there, I just saw something where I just wanted to show them that I loved them. And when it came to, like, working with Xavier, who really helped change my perspective of working with a heterosexual black man, probably the easiest heterosexual black man I've worked with. And mm-hmm. he's helped me change my perspective on that and just, like, changing, like, what we think a black man should do. Because a lot of it's, like, <laughs> we think that the black man has to – not show emotion and not cry and isn't supposed to show love and all this kind of stuff. And there's just so much pressure that we just have to, as, as a society, we just have to do away with that. And mm-hmm. it's, it's going to take time, but we just have to do away with that stigma of what we think a man should be. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is but then also at the same time, I feel like we we have to also uphold and and continue to um teach certain things of what a man is, but not based off of um, absolutely a sexual preference, you know what I mean, but yeah. it's based right. off of mm-hmm. it's based off of of handle your business, getting shit done. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know right. what I, mean? I agree. Hold yourself accountable. Now, Zay, like if you're going to do something. As mm-hmm. a, as a heterosexual yeah. man, do you feel like I always say that we ask men to do things that some of them most of the time are not capable of doing. Um, I think that we ask them to secure us, and, and because we were taught to, we were taught that a man is to secure you. But is that that's a lot of pressure on you guys to be able to secure us not only just um but mentally, emotionally. How how as a man does that make you feel that you know, women that's like the expectation? Um see for me, I I hold I hold myself to a certain standard, you know, so there's certain things that I personally want to do just because of who I am and how I was brought up. But um, mm-hmm. the beautiful thing that, you know, of what I saw with my grandparents, I was raised by my, by my grandparents, um, was the partnership that they shared. Um, I feel like, you know, if you, if it's looked at that way as a, as a partnership, then it, it's, it's balanced. Um Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I, I really truly believe in balance, cause I know I I know I fall short, but I know where what my woman's strengths are. Mhm. Or just, I agree with that. You know, and and it's basically you better and, and talk it's basically about, it. about being able to is is basically just being able to know yourself and know how to work off of that. 
each other. Of just knowing and being honest, you know, with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. <laughs> yes, I but agree. This is, now, mm-hmm. go ahead, see. No, I wanted, I just wanted to go back uh, just a little bit on um, porting. Do you guys feel, and I, and I want to, I want to pose it to both of you. You know, as women, we have no problem telling the next woman, "Oh, you look so nice," or, or if that's what you want, let's go for it. Or what, what, what do we need to do in order for you to accomplish those things? In the in the men's in the man's community in a man's world, you don't get that support. You don't get that push. You don't get that, you know, that that support. And do you feel that it's 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 because they hold themselves back or that's not a manly thing to do or tell another dude, yo, man, that shirt looks nice on you or, or what do you want to, what do you want to accomplish? Maybe I can help you out. Do you feel that as men, that's a, a vulnerability that they don't feel that they need to show or it takes away from their manhood? Um, this is a weighted question for me because I want to answer. Okay. So I want to answer the the question about, Two things. Okay, so the whole thing about something looking nice on someone or you mm-hmm. look good today or mm-hmm. you look nice today, a lot of mm-hmm. men won't give that compliment, especially me. Like sometimes – like I'm very open. I don't I don't give a – can I cuss on your show? I can cuss on your show. I don't give a, a, a shit anymore. Like um, mm-hmm. if I see a nice man, I'm going to say, oh, you look good. That doesn't mean I want to sleep with you. A lot of men won't right. give that compliment to another man because they're like – they're going to think I'm gay. So that's that mm-hmm. perspective. Right. When it comes mm-hmm. to helping each other, I think that we do a bad job of it because we're always in competition with one another. Right. There's an ego. Mm-hmm. Men have such a – even me, I can speak on myself. I have an ego that I have to check sometimes and, and, and check out the door because men have this ego that they have to feed. And I don't think necessarily women have that same – ego that they need fed as much as a man does. Mm-hmm. You know, God I, is in my I, head. He is in my yeah. head. I was just thinking that, you know, men, uh, most of the time, their love language, I don't know if y'all have read that that book about the love languages, most of the time their love, love language is touch and affirmation. Men need to be affirmed, like, all the time. And it's like... Yes. Mm-hmm. Why I gotta do that all the time? Like, <laughs> you know, if I feel like I'm being attacked, but I think am I being no, attacked? No, no, no. I mean, because so many, it's a lack of so many fathers in a household that, yes. and I'm, I don't want no inboxes about what I'm got, what I'm about to say. Just like females, you know, sometimes we, you can't look for a man to fill the void that your father left because he wasn't there, but vice versa. Men can't look for females to fill that motherly void or that that parental void or nurturing void that they are lacking because they mm-hmm. that's not our job. Right. I think if so men affirmed I, each other more, it would be easier for y'all. Don't you think? See, that, that kind of like, that goes with the thing that me, me and Joshua always talk about this all the time because uh, I want to go back and address because I have, I agree with everything that Joshua was saying, but I have uh, somewhat of a different um, perspective as well. But mm-hmm. and I, mean, I always talk about black people and their lack of, of, of believing in mental health. 
and really like yes. trying to uh, solve these well, issues that are <laughs> mental health issues. I know for mm-hmm. a fact that I've dealt with mental health um, uh, for my mother. So I, I, I know what mental health is mm-hmm. and I know how truly um, important it, it held. I needed, I need to go to counseling myself for a lot of different yes. things. Mm-hmm. But, I did too. Um, I did too. It's just it's just about being willing to admit these things and be a hundred percent honest with yourself, and mm-hmm. that's how you can help to heal these issues. And that goes for both men and women because you are a person. I know for a fact from dating. Okay, so dating women that have a father in their life. Well, it's kind of it's, it's it's also based off of how you're raised too. But statistically, and it's it kind of is proven, men that have uh, women that have both of their parents in their life are different than the women that have both of their parents in their life or one of their parents uh-huh. in their life. Uh-huh. Um, and that is that does result, like, no matter how you look at it, it does result in some type of mental health issue that needs to be resolved because you're, it's going to be something that's going to affect you whether you realize it or not when you're an adult. Right. But to go back to what Joshua was saying, hold on. So can, I'm sorry because I went on a tangent going away from the original question. No, yeah, that okay, was need to be said. Somebody needs to hear it. But it was good. But can I, before you start, can I just, can I, can I say can I, go, Hold on, wait, because I, I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Xavier. What was, what was that original question? It was about men and why we don't why we don't like support one another. Oh, give each other compliments. Okay, so yes, yes, yeah. yes, that whole thing about the compliments thing. I am because me and Joshua we have this conversation all the time. It's so funny. It's so funny. So, um, I in my circle it's kind of like it's different. We do tell each other, um, you know, hey, that outfit is fly. Like we have a different way of saying it that is I don't know different than you know women complimenting each other. Um, I think the, mm-hmm. um, the thing about it also with, um, the reason why males be, uh, or get uncomfortable, uh, with other males doing it is because, you know, there has been, cause I've experienced times where, um, men you know, they'll be shy away for, cause they don't know if you're trying to hit on them or not. You know, right. there has been, there's been, um, times to where like even with close friends of mine that I known me for years would get drunk and hit on me. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, come on now, like you know you know me. You know me. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't feel that doesn't like that doesn't change my perspective of them or 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 it doesn't make me, you know, judge a whole group of people based off of this person's actions, you know, but right. it's still something that I feel like, you know, with certain things, you know, people should be understanding to the reason why they are mm-hmm. the way and try to, um, I don't want to say cater to it, but try to, you know, address things or do things in a different way that doesn't make someone uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like it kind of made sense. sense. It made absolute sense. (laughs) 
Absolutely. Well, I also feel like. And, and this is Xavier, why we do feel, what we do. Go ahead. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Josh. I feel like Xavier is a different type of heterosexual man because Xavier is very affectionate and he is very open-minded, whereas Mm -hmm. a lot of heterosexual men are not as supportive and open-minded if you say, hey, you look good or you look fly. And it might not be, um, from my perspective, it might not be like I'm hitting on you. It might just be like, um, I'm trying to give you a compliment because like there's been times right. I, 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 I'll look at a guy, I'll just, I'll just look at him and then they'll be ready to attack me because they think that I'm trying to hit on them because I'm looking at them too long. But Xavier's mm-hmm. not like that because he's so comfortable with his sexuality and being around mm-hmm. gay people that that doesn't bother him. And, I, and women are like that too. Like women can get hit on or – you know, get 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 compliments, and they won't feel attacked or feel like they have to attack back at that woman. Mm-hmm. So it's just mm-hmm. it's weird to me that 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 stigma still exists. But Xavier to me mm-hmm. is what a lot of heterosexual men should try to be like. Where it's like he just said, you know, I do get hit on a lot, and when they're drunk, they hit on me. But I don't think the whole gay community's like that. Whereas a okay. lot of heterosexual men will have this opinion that all gay men want them, which is not the case. Mm-hmm. We don't want y'all. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's also <laughs> but you know, like if you, you know that you are a handsome person or you're an effective person. You got men that just think everybody wants them, whether they right. gay or not. I mean, like, I'm just everything. <laughs> you know, and that's, I don't want to say he's a, he's a different man, but he's just not um, – He's just secure in who he is as a man. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when mm-hmm. people do things, you got to charge it to their mind and not their heart. It's not that they're bad people. You know, their mind is just right. working differently right. or they're on an offense. If they're drunk, they got a little spirit in them. It's just, yeah, that's but it's not their heart. It's that's so funny because me and Josh were just having a conversation is. about something like that earlier today in which I was like, you know, uh, I didn't get to chance, I didn't use that term, you know, charge it to their mind and not their heart the way that you did, but that's kind of like, uh, that's kind of like what I was basically trying to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, y'all know here on Let's Chat, we like to do something a little fun because we like to be able to show all aspects of the guests that come on our show. Why are you laughing? Don't be nervous. It's okay. We're going to take care of you. You are good in good hands, like all state. <laughs> so T always comes up with these great, great questions. I'm excited to see what questions she got for y'all today. All right, see mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you your first one. I have no <laughs> huh? Well, thank you for coming and sharing your time with me and Alicia here on Let's Chat as well as with our listening audience. Well, since this is Xavier's first time, I'm not going to go too hard on you, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to go on you at Nonetheless, um, well, you know, we just celebrated Halloween, and with Halloween, there is so much going on, but I like the sweet aspect of Halloween. Now, I'm looking in my candy bag, and I see a whole bunch of candy, but when I look at one particular piece of candy, Joshua, 
what candy would you be and why? And that same question goes to you as well, Mr. Xavier. Oh. Oh, I love this game already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I already have mine, Xavier. You want to go or you want me to go? <laughs> uh, you go, Josh. I'm still contemplating. <laughs> well, I would. Like, I'm not trying to answer the question at all. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> I would get told because one is the color of the rainbow, and yes, gay pride, and they're sweet, and they're tasty, and they can, you know, go on the body if you want to do something a little freaky. Oh. There's a lot of stuff that you can do with a get hole, and there's different flavors and different colors. <laughs> it's like a relationship. You can get Man. all types of skittles. It's like dating different types of men. That's why I like I it. love it. I'm going to have to add that to my prop list. A Skittle. Yes. <laughs> a Skittle. Not a Skittle. Not a Skittle. No, not a Skittle. A pack of Skittles. you got to be more than one Skittle because if you just one Skittle, it's yes, a problem. a pack. Nobody got time A pack, honey. <laughs> yes, honey. <laughs> I, think, I, love, so, I love it. I love it. I think that I'm, I would be a... Um, I, I would be a pack. I'd be a pack of watermelon sour patch kids. Oh, what? tart and sweet. Go ahead, let us know why. Why? Well, because it, it's it's my favorite candy. No, <laughs> it's, it's my favorite candy. Got you, puck, got you puckering up the lips. Oh, no, did I say that? <laughs> it's my favorite candy, and it and it matches my personality. All right, now. Sour, <laughs> sour, sour, sour and sweet. All right. <laughs> sour and sweet. We love it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. We appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us in the chat room. We want you to shout out your social media. The next time we can keep a web series, uh, and any events you guys got coming up. Yes. Um, follow um, the show, Opposing Views at Opposing Views underscore the series on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook, Opposing Views the series. You can also follow us on Twitter at Opposing Views underscore the series. And you can follow my personal Instagram at Joshua Gilliard. Mm-hmm. And Xavier. Yeah. Xavier. And my personal Instagram is at Extraordinary Bro, that is X-T-R-A-O-R-D-I-N-A-R-Y-B-R-O. And we also have a couple episodes that we're going to be putting out. We're going to be putting out, um, this week we'll be putting out one more episode, but we'll be going into Thanksgiving and Christmas episodes. And um, speaking on mental health, we're going to be going further into um some more dramedy and getting more into the mental health. We actually did a mental health episode. So even though this is a comedy, um, Xavier and I both talked about it, that there will be some dramatic aspects added into the show as it continues to progress. Yes, the importance in our show, and I think there's something that me and Josh will take uh, so much pride in, is, is that, you know, we have a lot of conversations on, on healing, you know, healing of ourselves and healing of our people. Um, so each yes. each of one of our of our episodes is is directed towards topics that we feel very strongly passionate about, as well as you know that are not necessarily addressed 
you know, and, and talked about within the media or any other type of content, you know. Um, these things, uh, we, we love to receive the messages about, you know, how our show has impacted someone's life or has got them through a situation or have inspired mm-hmm. them to go on and pursue whatever it is that they're trying to pursue because that's, that's exactly what we are trying to do with this show is to provoke thoughts and inspire. Awesome. Well, we thank mm-hmm. you. And that will just be exactly your last time. Absolutely no, not. Gonna, that's I love you guys. Be back with Gunkle. Yeah, this is yeah, great. Invite you back anytime. Yes, um, <laughs> Gunkle will be returning. Yeah, Gunkle will be returning soon. And oddly, Odin, um, the show that with the the first time I was on is going to be returning in 2019. And Xavier is actually um, going to be a part of that cast as well. He'll be playing my brother. So looking forward to awesome. bringing those two shows back. Well, you make Absolutely. sure you hit me, Lisa. Well, I'm excited. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having us on. I really appreciate it. I love both of you guys. Yes, this oh, is great. Thank you so much. Nice meeting you guys. Nice meeting you guys, too. Thank you so much again. This is great. You're very welcome. Good night, guys. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Lisa, that was awesome. You know, we always love when guys come in. Mm-hmm. I know. I love Josh. Y'all don't know. If y'all are just tuning in, we want to welcome you to Let's Chat. I'm Miss Leisha. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. We talking that talk about that certified 10 game today in the chat room. So if you just missed our first guest, we had the dynamic duel of the web series Opposing Views, Josh Gilliard and Xavier Wheelchair. If you missed their interview, no worries. Just head over to our archives and check it out. Or you can catch it on iTunes as well. Now we got our next fabulous, fabulous guest, y'all. Y'all know we love it when he comes into the chat room. He got that gritty mm-hmm. pen. Now he got the gritty camera. I mean, my girl is coming back. We got Teflon Queen. I mean, we got to talk that talk, Mr. White. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, 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 what's going on? How y'all feeling? Hey, Mr. Silk White, welcome back, buddy. Look, I appreciate you having me uh, as usual, man. Thank you all a lot, man. You're so welcome. Okay, so you got to let us know what you've been cooking in your creative kitchen. Oh, man, we've been cooking a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. Yo, we've been doing a lot of cooking cooking over here, you know what I mean? (laughs) So uh, we've been been focused... (laughs) We're gonna focus on these web series right now. So um, we we got uh, Love Hurts out right now. It's on YouTube. Anybody can watch it. Just uh, go to YouTube, type in Love Hurts, and it'll pop right up. And uh, we got the new one as well called uh, Till Death Do Us Part as well. So both the shows are dope. One uh, Love Hurts come on uh, Sunday night at midnight, and um, Till Death Do Us Part comes on uh, Wednesday night at midnight. And I remember when he came on the yeah. show when uh, the hand, the the first web series came out, and he was like, "What I want to do in between is I want to be able to do series in between," and that's exactly what he's doing. He's got you got like you be having a week on mm-hmm. lock sometimes. Man, I be trying hard, man. It'd be a, it'd be a lot of work, man. But uh, you know, I just be trying and stuff like that. You know, people been really really loving it and enjoying it, so you know. And that's what's mm-hmm. been uh, keeping me motivated and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also, so I, I uh, stuck with each. Go ahead, 
No, I was going to say with each series, you know, you gain new viewers and, and new lovers of your work. So that's totally awesome. Most definitely, man. I've been I've been trying real hard, man. But how y'all been? Y'all been y'all been good and stuff like that. You know oh, how yeah, we, we do. So good. we just stay busy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we do. I already be knowing. We be busy. But you know, you did something that was unique. You took a uh, wrong place, wrong time, which started as a web series, and you turned it into a book series. Talk a little bit about that process, yeah. because normally, you know, we're expecting you to take your books and put them into web series, but you flipped that around. Talk a little bit about that. Um, so what I did with the uh, wrong place, wrong time thing, I, I, I wrote it, and I was like, yo, I really liked it. And uh, the people was enjoying it. And I'm like, well, I think this would be a great book as well, you know. And, and uh, little things that I couldn't get on the screen, I could get it into, mm-hmm. in, in, into the book, you know what I'm saying. So sometimes I have a couple of uh, challenges when it comes to the fulfillment because uh, certain mm-hmm. locations I might not be able to get or, um, you know, I might want things to look a certain way, but it doesn't, so I have to scrap it, you know. So with a book, you could just do it how you really want to do it. So um, that's where, like, the idea came from and things like that. And uh, people who read the book, they actually uh, been enjoying it and loving it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. you know we waiting. We was waiting. We want to get all the extra stuff out. We <laughs> talked that Teflon Queen. My girl is back. <laughs> First of all, what made you want to do a part five? What can we expect from part five? I know, you know, your pen has grown, so, you know, but it's certified. Tell us a little bit about the transition into writing part five because you, you, I think you've spent um, the better part of last year on your web series. So how was that like flipping that back around and bringing back those characters? Yes, yes, it's good. Um, we actually, uh, I'm working on part seven right now. We got five and six is already out already. So we're working uh-huh. on uh, part seven, actually. So um, it, it wasn't too hard because I like the character, um, Angela, and things like that. And, um, man, the story just be flowing, man. It's, it's nothing but action, you know, nothing but action and fast pace and things like that. And, that, and that's the kind of stuff I like to write and things like that. So, you know, it's been uh, pretty easy and you know, it's been uh, pretty easy. I don't have a release date yet because I want to make sure this thing is perfect, but um, it's definitely coming real soon, though. Mm-hmm. How how had this is this is Tony Silk. How has hey, how has your <laughs> hey buddy how <laughs> has your <laughs> how has your 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 how has you as a artist? Because you are so much more than an author. At least, you know, that's one of the things that Alicia and I opened up our show with. You know, authors just kind of put you in a box. You are such an artist. And how do you feel that you have grown since you have so many series under your belt? Um, thank you for that, those wonderful words first, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, uh, uh, I look forward to seeing you again as well. And um <laughs> It's, I've, I've definitely learned a lot, man. I've definitely learned a lot. Uh, you learn as you go. You know, I'm I'm a, a biggest critic and things like that. So, you know, I sit back, mm-hmm. I analyze things. 
um, whatever I don't like, I make sure the next one I change it. I listen to what people say, like uh, uh, people's uh, constructive criticism and things like that. Because I remember we was at the premiere and you came to me and you told me, hey, you might could twist this, this might could do a little bit better, this might be a little more realistic and shit. So, you know, I listen mm-hmm. to all of this stuff and that's the stuff that, um, you know, it makes you just get better with each time you go and things like mm-hmm. that. You can't come in there thinking like, oh, I'm the man and I know everything and you know, because it just doesn't work like that. You know, you always got to be right. like a student, and you always got to be. It's always something for you, for you to learn and things like that. So you know, I'm like a right. um, still like a student and things like that. I just want to get better and better um, for each joint that we put out. Mm-hmm. I I always I look at you know I always have that critical eye, Holly. I'm like I don't miss. I'm on Amazon. I don't miss two whole months. I don't understand how that's possible. <laughs> I'm not going to be on it. <laughs> See, I'm on Amazon. Yeah, you want quickly? But I'm always looking at yeah. silk uh, work with a critical eye, in the in the in the hopes and in the you know just to make sure that it's authentic. As far as you know, not that I'm an Most expert, definitely. but I love series like that, and I'm always watching shows like that. And I'm very, and as an editor, I do look at things that with a critical eye, and I was like, okay, I like that, or, or this could be more realistic. So I, I don't mean any affront to it. You know, it's just that I always yeah. want to make um, people much better. It's just just something that um, we do, especially here on Let's Chat. We share, we support, and we always want to put the best foot forward out there that could possibly put out because you know that's your that's your calling card that's your business card what you put out and that's how you get so much back in return most definitely is balance Mm-hmm. How how do you balance everything? You know, how do you balance home, you filming, you writing, you're a publisher, and I know you have a partner, but how do you still balance all of that? Because you still have to be present in every aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a lot. I don't I don't really have a lot of, like, free time and um, just time to, like, hang out and things like that. Because most of the time is um, writing these episodes, editing, uh, dealing with, you know, the publishing things. And, um, you know, just it just be a whole lot of – it just be a whole lot of stuff going on, and it just don't be enough time and things like that. So um, I just do the best I could do. You know, sometimes uh, I have to push, push some things to the side to make room for other things. And um, you know, it's, it's just been a it's, it's, it's been a little struggle and things like that. But uh, you know, I'm not complaining or anything like that. And um, the, mm-hmm. the problem is that we have a uh, two ongoing series. So I don't know if y'all watched the uh, the Love Hurts web series yet, but we on like mm-hmm. episode 31, yep. right? And we do it every week. So we're gonna go. We going This the plan is to try to get to 100. You know. So and we got a new one as well, um, called To Death to Us Part, and uh, we're on episode uh, six with that one so you know we got a long way to go with that one but we dropping every week so we got two shows coming out every week you know what i'm saying and that's mm-hmm. a lot of writing and that's a lot of editing and that's a lot of filming and things like that so you know it just it's, mm-hmm. it's just a little bit of a lot you know what i mean mm-hmm. what that so do you said, film um, as you I'm go sorry. that's okay do you film as you go or or do you um, film it ahead of time um, I film as I go. So, I, so what I do is this. I film um, – so at first I used to do like one season, might be 10 episodes, and I would film the whole 10 episodes at first, you know. 
now I'm doing an ongoing series where it's not going to stop. You feel me? So I can't write like a hundred episodes and then, you know, film them all. You know what I'm saying? So what I do is I do three every week. You know what I'm saying? I do three every week. But the problem is, is that it's two shows now. So that's a lot of writing to be doing. You know, that's like six episodes you have to write. You understand what I'm saying? And then you have to film it. Then you have to edit it. And then you have to, you know, make sure it looks good and all of that stuff and find locations and a whole bunch of stuff that uh, just goes into it and things like that. So, um, uh-huh. It's it's been uh, cool and things like that, but it's been but it's, it's it's been cool though, man. A lot of people's been uh, watching us. Um, a few of the act, actors and actresses been getting contacted by people um, in LA and things like that. So you know, a lot of people's been watching. One episode for Love Hurts, we have over two million views. You know, just on one episode alone. Um, so you know, a lot of people's been you know checking us out and uh, really liking what we're doing. You know what I mean? Mhm, mhm. That's awesome. That's awesome. This is Tony Silk. Um, like you said, with so much writing and editing and filming, how how what is well, how do you feel just to get new material into the 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 laptops or the viewing devices of of your um, viewers? Does it the stress level? I mean, how do you feel? Is it like waiting for uh, your new baby to be looked at? How, what feeling do you still get? Even with episode 31 of Love Hurts, do you still get excited and jittery? Um, yeah, man, I, I really be excited. I, I love to hear what the people uh, say, man. I read, like, the comments and things like that, and uh, the people just be so uh, emotionally invested in these shows, man. It's just, it's just great, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, um, mm-hmm. man, they just really, they just really love the show, and they really been they really support me and things like that. So, you know, we got people in um, Africa and um, Italy and all kind of places commenting like, "Oh, I'm from Italy," you know, "I'm from here." Watch, I'm from Spain, and I'm watching it, and it's like, yo, this is this mm-hmm. is this is uh, this is kind of crazy, you mm-hmm. know. What I mean? But yeah, I, I, I do love when it, it comes out, man. I'll be excited. I'll be excited. I'll be I'll be, be want to see what people think about it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> then you get more nervous yeah, dropping a, a series or a book. Which one one gives you more more jitters? <laughs> uh, the series, the web series, I get more jitters because the book, I, I pretty, I pretty much, you know, I pretty much know what I'm doing with the book stuff. With the web series, you know, they they could they could find anything to complain about. Oh, this actress hair is not good, or this guy, you know, shouldn't have wore that shirt, or you know, his mustache looks crazy, or. You know the sound on this scene. The sound on this scene was a little bit low. You know, so they you can always, uh, you know, have something to say when it comes to the the film thing and things like that. So, well, I gotta say, you know what you're doing. We have seen the growth, Lee. You know, we have seen the growth. You know, yeah. from your first web series, and and you're doing some amazing work. So you keep doing what you're doing. Yo, thank you. I appreciate y'all, man. And make sure y'all check out the the, the, the Death Wars Part One as well, too, man. You know, what I'm I really like that one as well. And uh, it's it's it just dope, man. It's just dope. I just really want people just to watch it and to just enjoy it. And I'll be trying to tell everyone if they if they watch it and they like it, just tell somebody else, tell a friend of theirs, or tell a uh, a coworker or something like that. You know what I mean? Because we need as many people to just watch it as as, as possible. You know what I'm saying? So if you're watching it and you like it, tell somebody else. If you watch it, you don't like it, then you don't have to tell anybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm going to drop that link well, into know. my friend's box. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate and you know, I want to do a, I want to do a show. I meant to tell Josh, I want to do a show 
about web series and creating them because so many authors want to turn their books into web series or they want to write plays. And I just want to do a show that just kind of touches on that a little bit. And I want you to come back to that show um, because you, 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 you always um, drop so many jewels. And so Mm -hmm. I want you to drop at least three jewels on those that are thinking about taking their books uh, to a web series or Netflix what what are some jewels you can drop on them? Well, the first the first jewel is you gotta you know the only way to do it is to do it. You know, a lot of people ask me like, yo, you know, well, how do you start a business? And I tell them, well, you have to start a business. That's how it works. Like you feel what I'm saying? It might not sound like a good answer, but it's the truth. Like if you want to start a business, you have to start a business. Basically, get the LLC, get the logo, get this. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if you want to film a web series or a movie or whatever it is, the first thing you have to do is you have to write the script. Second thing you have to do is you have to you have to film it. Don't worry about if you got the the the, the, the new Canon camera that costs five thousand dollars or the red camera or whatever camera it is. Just get a camera and just start shooting, yo. Because what happens is with most people is they wait for everything to be perfect before they start, and it's never gonna be perfect. You have to just start, mm-hmm. and you're gonna get better mm-hmm. as you go along. You understand what I'm saying? And right. uh, the second thing is, you know, I would tell people to be patient. You're not going to put out one show and think you're going to go to Netflix or go to these places with just one show. You have to put in work. You have to be ready to, to grind. You can have the best show in the world, but if no one knows about it, it, means, it, it just means nothing. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you have to have – the third one is you have to uh, uh, build the audience because what happens is these people, when they come looking for do any work anymore mm-hmm. because of the internet. So what happens is you have to have a following. You have to have people, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people watching your show. You have to bring something to the table. You understand what I'm saying? You can't just come mm-hmm. with, um, you know, content and think these people are just going to give you money for the content. Because when they get the content, right, they need people to watch the content. That's how they get paid. If you're just coming with just content, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. Unless you know somebody who knows somebody, stuff like that. But nine times out of ten, that's not how it, that's just not how it works and things like that. So what you have to do is build up an audience, build up you know a following, people who follow you and they know you like oh this person has been doing books for a long time, this person has been doing web series for a long time. I know this person. I watched them from this time, and before you know it, you have a a big strong backing with you. And when you go speak to these people, right, and you show your numbers of how many views you you you've gotten over your series mm-hmm. that's, that's free on YouTube and things like that, they look at that as money. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you go to Netflix mm-hmm. and, and you got 100,000 100, uh, people behind you, it's like that every one of your episodes got 100,000 views, they know you're bringing 100,000 mother lovers with you when you come to the table. So that's yeah. uh, uh, maybe 100,000 right. extra subscribers and things like that to Netflix if they're not on Netflix. Or, or 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 they're gonna watch it to see you, and then they're gonna recommend it to someone else, and that's more more money for them and things like that. So you you gotta mm-hmm. uh, put in that work. And a lot of people they like to start at the top. It's like they like, they want to start at the top. Like you can't start at the top. It doesn't it just doesn't work like that. It doesn't matter how good your stuff is. You can't start at the mm-hmm. top. You have to work your way to the top. And a lot of the new people they don't really uh, understand the, the process of of certain things. You know. So I try to explain to people the uh, you know the process and things like that and a lot of people and, and I tell them if it's easy everybody will be doing it it's not easy that's why you don't see many people doing it you know what I'm saying or if you do see people doing mm-hmm. it they might do one for the whole year and they'll be done and you won't see them again season two won't be till a year later and stuff like that like 
you can't do it consistently like that, the way we're doing it. No one is doing it like that. You feel what I'm saying? Because it's a lot of mm-hmm. work and things like that. And people, they don't want to put in no work. You know what I'm saying? They'll, they'll rather um go out and have fun and, you know, do other things like that. It's like you can't do both. You got to pick if you want to be great or you want to party. You got to pick if you want to, you know what I'm saying? You got you got to pick and choose. You know what I'm saying? Everything is just a choice. And um, mm-hmm. that's just pretty much how it works. You know what I mean? Put that work Absolutely. in. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you have to, here on Let's Chat, we like to do something fun. You know, we <laughs> like to do something fun here on Let's Chat. And we know that you are up to any challenge that we throw out there because, you know, you, you, you certified with your pin game. We already know that. <laughs> I'll be trying. So, I'll be I'm trying. excited for you. I know T, T knew you was coming for a whole week. She been ready. I'm just saying. She been waiting for you. She oh, ready. Oh, goodness, sir. So, I'm excited. Listen, man. Just you take it easy on me. Take, 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 listen, take, try to take it easy on me, all right? You good, stuff. You good. Because I, 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 I heard the last one. Uh, somebody talking about skittles and all of that. Listen, take it easy on me, all right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did you like that one? Did you like that one, Silk? I just pulled that one out the air. Did you um, like that? <laughs> but yeah, it was it was uh, uh, entertaining. That's a good word. It was entertaining. You know what I'm saying? That is a good word for it. <laughs> and it fits them. I, I try to have I try to have questions that fit our guests. <laughs> but like Lisa no, said, I knew you were coming on here for a week, so you know I'm ready for you. Let's go. So let's what let's we go. do? I don't know. I don't know if you did the last time you were on, but we do. We like to do live excerpts. We like. Um, okay. We feel that you know here on the show we love to bring readers and authors together, but you know sometimes they don't have that following. They might be new, and people want to be able to experience your passion and your pen um, authentically. Like they want to see the natural flow of, of of your work, and so we do live excerpts. T is going to give you some props. You're going to take those props. You can either put them into a scene from a book that you already have, characters. You choose the direction if you want to kill somebody, if you don't want to kill somebody, if it's a love scene, however you want to play it. But you spin it however you want to spin it. I'm ready. Okay. All right, let's go. We like to give you guys props that don't necessarily show up in books, so you never know what you're gonna get here in this chat. So your yeah. three props to <laughs> your three props tonight yeah. are um, a tape gun, some red thigh high boots, and a coffin. All right, one more time. I heard red thigh high boots, and what was the other two? <laughs> that's all you zeroed in on, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, all, that's all I heard. My bad. <laughs> A, a tape gun, you know how you tape up boxes or you tape up bodies. Okay, gotcha. And tape gun. and a coffin that a dead person resides in, or it don't have and to be. And a coffin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay so what do I do? Box. I just so what I do is just create a, create a, like a scene with these three things in it. Yep. Mhm. Absolutely. And they don't have to be dead in the coffin. Nope. They don't have to be dead. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. This is this is this is tough right here. Uh <laughs> thigh boots. I'm stuck on my bad. I'm stuck on the thigh boots, my bad. Um <laughs> thigh boots tape in the in, in the so Um, I don't know, man. I, I will I will uh you know, I will spin it with um I don't know. Uh I I, I, I would need a second to think of that. 
How about least least start them off? You good starting them off? I gave you start the time. Me off. start them yes. off, please. <laughs> start me off on my slime bucket. All right, all right. Uh, Angie walked into the room. She had on her red thigh high boots and and she had somebody duct tape. I know it's not duct tape, but Ooh. she had somebody duct tape. Still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I need, I need, I need a little bit more time. You know what I'm saying? I need a little bit more time. Okay. I like that. Andy walks into the room. Yeah, I like, I like the she walks into the room. She got on her red thigh-high boots. Behind her back, she has the taping gun. She walks the up to gun. Albert, who's sitting in the chair, straddles him, and Tape says, his mouth shut. <laughs> Tape his mouth shut. Say some crazy <laughs> freak shit. Um... I don't know. I don't know. I got to come on. I got to come on. I, I, I actually, I, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out, too, because y'all done got my creative juices flowing. But um, as she's straddling, as she's straddling homeboy in the chair, because I forgot his name, mm. <laughs> Albert, he, mm. looks over, he, he looks over to the side, and in an open coffin, she has dinner waiting to be served. How about that joke? <laughs> Dinner and dinner and open coffin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, or as she straddles him, since she takes his mouth shut, um, you said she says yeah. something slick. Um, <laughs> she can say something like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what would she say slick? I don't know. I don't know, y'all. She yoked you, Well, you know what, Joe? I don't know. When we bring you back on here next, when we bring you back on here, I'm going to need you to be prepared. I'm going to need you to be prepared. I got you. Listen, next time, listen, listen, next time I need you to do, I need you to text me these scenarios, and I have something all Look, Silk wanna sneak peek. Like, like, it's like giving it's like giving sixteen bars, just just boom boom boom. Oh okay. well look, man, the thigh high boots caught me off guard, you know what I'm saying? The thigh the red thigh. Look, I see John in the background, he's taking notes like, Oh no, they ain't gonna give me. Let me get my scene together right now. Subscribe to these channels, you know those those numbers. They play a big part, so make sure you subscribe to them. Just search them. 
And one click. Yes, head over to Amazon Appreciate you coming to kick with us in the chat room. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, look, man, I, 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 anytime y'all need me, man, I'm here. I appreciate y'all uh, for having me and things like that. And um, if y'all ever see me doing anything wrong or anything, man, I need y'all to be the first ones to tell me, like, hey, this, this was messed up, or you might need to switch that, or, you know, that didn't look real, or uh, whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I need uh-huh. y'all to be the first uh-huh. ones. You know what I'm saying? We got you, Sook. You know we got you. in good hands over here in that chat. Me at least got you. You already, you already know, man. I appreciate y'all a lot, man, for real. Well, we appreciate you. you. We appreciate you. <laughs> All right, man. Y'all got any more questions for me? I got any more? Let me find out you well, want to have some more props. We want you to shout out all your social media where everybody can catch the web series. <laughs> Uh, you said you don't have um, a date the for the book as of yet. No, I don't have a date for the book as of yet, but it's coming real soon. So um, the social mm-hmm. media is uh, the Facebook is just silk, silk white, silk like a silk shirt, the color white. Uh, Instagram is silk white two on two. Um, uh, you can go to YouTube and just type in silk white, and um, all of my web series will pop right up. We have a few of them: The Hand I Was Dealt, Wrong Place, Wrong Time, Season One and Two. Love Hurts, to Death Doors Park. Um, we got a few more in there as well, too. I can't remember uh, everything. And um, we're working on a movie, actually, in January. It's from one of my books as well. It's called um, 48 Hours to Die. You feel me? Oh. So we're going to work on that movie in uh, January, and that's going to be dope. So we got a lot of stuff. 48 Hours and, to um, Die. You know, <clears throat> 48 Hours to Die, man. Really, really, really good, really, really good book. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to turn that into a movie and things like that. And, um, you know, probably throw it on Amazon Prime or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know the, you... The, the, um, the on-demand sites and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you okay. make sure we know yeah, about that so fun. we can share. And that's right. Well, and may, and maybe, maybe, at least, we'll see some red thigh boots and a coffin up in there. <laughs> Man, look, you're going to see a little, you're going to see some, you're going to see some red thigh boots and some more. You know what I'm saying? No, no doubt, man. Listen, like I said, whenever y'all need me, man, I'm here. You already know. Oh, thank you so much. All right, I appreciate you. All right, yo, listen, y'all be good, man. Hit me up anytime y'all need me. I'm here. You heard? Okay, thank All you. Right. You have an awesome night. All right, y'all too. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> You know we love when we get some silk white in the chat room. <laughs> yeah, he's good, people. He really is, y'all. But we got our next guest. We love it when he can slide up in here because, you know, he daddy smooth. He slide up in here real smooth every mm-hmm. time he comes in the chat room. So we be excited <laughs> when Sean St. Clair graces us with his presence. He got a new book getting ready to come out, and he about to talk about it. Hey, Sean. What's going on, ladies? Hey, 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 Sean, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you? We good, we good, we good. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, when you were just in the chat room, you'd be 
um, Battle of the Sexes, but I know you've been cooking mm-hmm. some things up in your creative kitchen, so you got to let us know what you've been over there cooking. Oh, we just released Street Rap. Street Rap just released, so that's my first novel with the mainstream publisher. That's the book that's with Kensington. And uh, mm-hmm. ironically, yeah, that's not a gangster erotica. You guys know me from the gangster erotica tales. But that's the first book that I released to the mainstream that's not gangster erotica. And ironically, really? that's the first book that I ever wrote, yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a long time coming. That's the first book I ever wrote. And that book is about. That's... Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, go yeah, ahead. it's a period piece. It's about the rise of the hip hop industry in the South, you know what I mean? It's very, very loosely based on my life. One of the characters in there, one of his, uh, he would be loosely based on my life up to a point, and then I play what if. But the book takes place, it's a trilogy, and this is book one in a whole series called the Crescent Crew series. Book two comes mm-hmm. out in June, and this book really just got released in October, about three weeks ago. And uh, it's been tearing up the charts, man, doing great numbers, getting great reception. So I'm, I'm proud, I'm grateful, and I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So tell us how you got connected with and what made you decide to to um, publish with Kensington. Well, really, um, as you know, I own Pen and Pen Publishing, so I really wanted to come into the game with my own thing, and that's how the Gangster Rocker brand was born. But basically, when you're out here grinding, man, you know, y'all like be out here getting it. And I, just got, I said, hey, if I can get opportunity. <laughs> As, a, as an independent author, one thing that the one advantage that the majors have over the average independent author is their distribution network. You know, they can cover. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they're inside the system. They're a system, so they can cover a space. For example, my books in Walmart nationwide, like literally. You know, I just took a mm-hmm. trip up to Detroit recently, and I stopped in every state on my way, and my book was in that Walmart. Doing that independently, mm-hmm. it would probably take me years or a big, big bag to get that. So I look at it as an opportunity, you know. And as far as how I got it, uh, <laughs> well, let's just say I'm going to keep it brief. <laughs> because not near, a lot of times you need an agent to submit. You know what I mean? But I mm-hmm. didn't have an agent. My uh, good brother of mine, Shanti Kennedy, he hit me with some information. Uh-huh. And I followed up on it. And uh, next thing you know, you know, I'm with Kensington. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, congratulations, though. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it is. That is big. Mm-hmm. He's a friend to the show as well. Yeah, it's just a guy. Real good brother. The way it went about it, it was just a blessing. You know what I mean? I would like to go into more detail, but I'm not trying to cut my throat. Not just yet, you know what I'm saying? No, you got to protect yourself. Blessing, man. You know, everything I like to say that whenever you're in line with your destiny, the, the universe will open up for you. And that's a great example of that. You know what I mean? The universe mm-hmm. has opened up for me. And by the grace of God, I stepped in. Awesome. It's your time. I love it. Indeed, indeed. Now, mm-hmm. when you sat down to write this book, though, what, was it different? Um, because this is not a gangster erotica book. And your pen style has to be a little different in uh, in order to bring it. So how is that process it, for you? It is. You know, my, one of my biggest challenges is with pushing into erotica is that 
I'm not a one-dimensional author. I can write street lit. I can write traditional romance. I can write mystery. I can write thriller. So with this particular book, keep in mind, this was the first book I ever wrote, and I started writing it back in 2003. And if you know, that's the height of the lit area. That's when Block Party was killed, you know, just dropped. That's whenever uh, True to the Game, all, all, it was a hardcore street lit joint. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. when, when I when I was writing that book, that's the mode I was in. And quite frankly, at that time, being that that was my first book, I just wrote my life up to that point. And it, it was street, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As far as my wow, writing is now. Yeah, mm-hmm. so this is Tony, Sean. By this being your first uh, book, book that you wrote, Street Rap, you have grown since 2003. Did you go back and touch it up just to reflect oh, yeah. the growth that you had in this game? Most definitely. Most definitely. That's one of the biggest things. But you know what's, what's weird is this. Um, I actually wasn't even going to put the book out, truth be told. You know, because mm-hmm. I have grown so much, I was like, man, that's that's not what's popping. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm such a better writer than I was then. But the story mm-hmm. in itself was so good that I couldn't just scrap it. So what I did was I utilized my 2017 pen with my 2004 mm-hmm. storytelling, and I merged the two mm-hmm. together. I think, you know, I'm very proud of what the result was. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Sean, Leisha and I are book bougie. We are readers first and foremost here on Let's Chat. You have, mm-hmm. And one of the bougie things that we gravitate towards is a book cover. Can you explain mm-hmm. the Street Rap book cover to us? Absolutely. The Street Rap book cover, you know, as, as I'm, I'm still a publisher indeed at heart, so I'm thinking about the business aspect too. So one of my favorite mm-hmm. pastimes is going into the bookstores and seeing what covers stand out. You know, mm-hmm. so when you go in certain bookstores, a lot of the covers are very similar. So with that book, I think that a picture speaks a thousand words. So it's about mm-hmm. the music industry. So you got the record right there, but it's from the street side because the story of the book is that some real hardcore gang members, you know what I mean, some gangsters, they make their way mm-hmm. into the music industry because one of them is very talented with that. So it's very bloody, mm-hmm. very violent because while one is making his ascension into the music charts, his partner who's remained in the streets is making his ascension to the streets. So when you see mm-hmm. the book cover, you see the record representing the, the platinum album sales, and you see the holes mm-hmm. inside of it that, that represents the violence that goes behind the scenes of that. Mm-hmm. It's a cover. Because when I rap. see that, I, I, that represents bullet holes, I'm assuming, right? Because that's what I see Absolutely. when I'm looking at it. You know, Absolutely, that's we, it. We, bullet holes going through the passenger, yeah. <laughs> right, because, uh, you know, we, we look at those things and decide whether we want to crack that spine or not. So you have to draw your readers in, and, and that's a very drawable, I'm going to make that word up tonight, uh, <laughs> we <laughs> were book cover. We'll have at it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one now, thing I can't talk about Kensington, right? Uh-huh. One of my biggest fears, excuse me real quick, one of my biggest fears about signing to a major is that they would take away a lot of my creative control. But the people over there, mm. they work hand-in-hand with me. Like my um, my other designer actually designed a prototype for that, and I submitted it, mm-hmm. and then Kensington's department, they did what they do. So, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's actually our idea, so I still feel a part of the process. So I appreciate that. Mm, I'm, nice. I'm glad you said that because I was just getting ready to ask about the creative side. You know, you have a lot of authors that um, they've been writing for so long and they've been independent for so long and they don't want to go 
to a major because of the the fear of um, having your creative creative control kind of uh, shrunk, mm-hmm. you know, shrunken down, mm-hmm. and and them having most of it. How was? And I'm love, glad that you talked about the process, but when it came down to um, your editing. How was that process for you? How did you, we always say your editor is supposed to be your right hand. So how was that process for you? Because you are a publisher. Well, that's the part where I have to set back. You know, one of my favorite books in the world is called The 48 Laws of Power. And the first law says never outshine the master, right? Mm-hmm. So um, if, if, that's, if this is what they do, if I sign to them to get the professional aspect of what they do, I have to learn how to take a back seat, you know, but once again, they work with me. I, I will say with my situation, I can't speak for anyone else. We have a very great working relationship because they still follow my lead. And they, they allow, you know, for example, to answer your question with the edits, the publisher and me, I already edited everything before I sent it over there. So thankfully I don't receive too many re-edits. But whenever I do, mm-hmm. they say, hey, flesh this out, flesh it out. And, and, and truth be told, that is what I was missing as a publisher because I'm at the top. I'm the editor of my publishing company. So I didn't have mm-hmm. that team that can take a fresh pair of eyes and say, hey, look at this and look at that. And so when they did that, I think it made me a better writer and a better editor, truth be told. Mm-hmm. Did I answer your question? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now let's talk about the, the, the lingo because, you know, most, most mainstream publishers, they want your book to be polished. And a lot of independent authors, they don't know what it means when they say polish your book or 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 flush that out a little, a little bit about making sure as an independent um, author that um, it's important to already have those skills. You know what I'm saying? Talk a little bit about that, how they can make sure that they apply those types of skills to their uh, pen. Right. So that that's important what you're saying because when they say polish, there are certain things that they don't want in the mainstream. Like, you know, when we're independent, we can just put it how we feel and make it real gutter. The the perfect balance is keeping it gutter with keeping it polished at the same time. Like in the street lit genre, polish doesn't mean you sacrifice the reality of it. You know what I'm saying? For example, if it's in dialogue, you can say ain't because we do say ain't in the hood. You dig mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so over over at Kensington's Defina imprint, they recognize that. You know, now okay. So they're, they're now that now you guys have read my books before, so y'all know how gritty I get. But for the most part, they want Sean Sinclair. They don't want a whitewashed version of Sean Sinclair. They want me, and I appreciate that. You know, if if I had to water down too much of who I was to get it, I wouldn't have wanted the opportunity. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It does. Mm-hmm. And you want your work to be authentic. You want it to sound authentic, and especially in dialogue. And that's like editor to editor right here, because mm-hmm. if, if it's not with, if it's not in dialogue, that's where you kind of can get, you know, more formal. But you want it to sound like like we're talking tonight. You want it to sound natural. Absolutely. You want it to flow natural. And those are the words that you have to use. I'm going to give you an editing tip for everybody listening, right? This is something I learned over the years. Whenever you're you're editing, read your story out loud, and that'll tell you if Mm -hmm. it's real or not. 
You know what I'm saying? When you read it, that makes it, that makes it sense. And also, when you uh like we we just went through this in a writing retreat I went to, and you if you're writing in first person, a lot of things you can get away with. You know, you doesn't have to be according to the Chicago Manual style. But when you're mm-hmm. writing in third person, your narration needs to be on point. Now you can jazz it up a little bit, but your narration needs to be on point, and you can use your originality inside your dialogue. Me knowing that mm-hmm. made this process a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. I like Definitely. that you said that. I like that you said that because a lot of authors, you have some that find it difficult to write in first person. And I really think that in first person you can bring out a lot of the characteristics um, of your characters. You can give them more personality in first person. But some of them find difficulty with that. And they rather write mm-hmm. in third person, but then when they write in third person, their narrative voice is like that's the narrator. The narrator can't say that. Right, right, right. And that's where it goes <laughs> with learning your craft. That too, Just, you know. There's a writer. There's there's a writer. Then there's an author, and then there's an editor. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fortunately I'm able to wear all three of those hats. Fortunately, but mm-hmm. for me, I write in third person and first person at times. So when I'm writing in first person, I do that when I want to focus more on that particular character because you could really embody that character and get into him in first person. And in third person, if the story's more broad, that's not write that part. Like street rap is written in third person, mm-hmm. whereas Forbid and the Skin Deep are written in first person. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, Sean, do you – this is Tony. We, I've got to try to remember to let you know who I know it is now. Okay, you know now. Why why are you wearing all three of those hats? Does it slow down your pen, and are you critical on, like, a first draft, and and do you find yourself correcting that first draft? How how do you go about wearing which hat needs to be worn at whatever given time? That's a great question, by the way. First of all, yes, it does slow down my pen. Like, I still have about five books I haven't even put out yet. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because I'm doing so much. I had to transition from just building my brand as an author to building my publishing company because, you know, I, I have other authors publish their stuff as well. As far as mm-hmm. my works, I'm learning to delegate. You know, I need to, it's hard to build a, a, a team. It's that Virgo shit, part of my language, but it's that Virgo stuff. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a perfectionist. <laughs> I'm a perfectionist, so it's really hard for me to let go. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. no one is going to trust your shit like yours. My bad. It's after nine, right? Yeah. Nobody's going to trust your mm-hmm. shit like yours, like you if are. It's so, internet radio. Say what you say, honey. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's after nine. But nah, so no one is going to take care of your stuff like you are. So it's hard for mm-hmm. me to delegate, but I've learned that delegation is the key to success, or at least going to the next level of success. Because had mm-hmm. I had a team, I could have had all those books out by now. But because I am mm-hmm. doing all of those things, I still, you know, then still being a parent and all that, I have to, you know, balance mm-hmm. the time out. Yeah. I, I understand because I live with a Virgo, and he's a true Virgo. It's hard letting those <laughs> reins go sometimes. You could be like, I could be pulling them, like, let it go, baby, let it go. <laughs> yeah, we don't trust to... people. <laughs> Uh, we'd be, so we'd be like, we'd be like, yo, I trust you, but I got it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, you know, you gotta 
my favorite line is trust but verify. You got to trust, trust but verify. Just because I'm verified doesn't necessarily mean I'm not trusting you. That's just what I do. I trust and I verify. Right, if I exactly. Trust, but if I verify and investigate, that means that you done broke the trust somewhere, and I need to go investigate. And when I go verify, my questions get real specific. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to see. Hey, now I'm testing you. Is it that you from? Yeah, it went from, from one thing to now I'm testing you. I'm trying to see what you're going to tell me. A they know what I already know. You don't think so. Say that again. Yeah, a Virgo is investigating when you don't know it. They, a Virgo is going to trust and verify and investigate, but you're not going to see that third part. They're going to investigate without you even knowing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how we work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, so Sean, true. if you could drop three jewels on um, authors when it comes to editing, what are some mm. of those outside of making sure that they are uh, reading their manuscript out loud, what are some of the things you could drop on them as jewels? I'm going to say four. Oh, so you want me to drop four jewels to an author and in regards to editing? Yep. That's the question. Drop okay. four jewels on them. Number one, mm-hmm. number one, you need to pay the people that need to be paid because mm-hmm. just because you're – yeah, <laughs> yeah, get, get an editor, like real talk. Even even myself, going forward, I'm going to I'm gonna hire me an editor for my for my project. But mm-hmm. pay the people that need to be paid because just because your homegirl got an English degree or just because your your mom might speak good English, that does not mean they can edit. Editing a book is a total different discipline than anything, you know, because it's a skill. You have to know when to use what. You have to know the rules, first of all, and then know when to break the rules. So I guess that would be number two. But number one would be trust the people. I mean, pay the people that need to be paid, first of all, hire editors. Mm-hmm. Number two mm-hmm is know the rules. If you don't know the rules, then you won't know when to break the rules, right? Mm-hmm. Number yeah. three, number three is write it, rewrite it, write it again. They say to write is human. To edit is divine. Mm-hmm. So like draft, that. draft, draft. Yeah, you have to keep that. So the third one is to write multiple drafts, write multiple drafts. And I guess the last one is hmm, patience. Take your time. Editing is very meticulous and very time-consuming. And it's supposed to be because it's next to perfection. You think about it. You're perfecting a rough stone. So when you're polishing that stone, you have certain tools that you need. Take your time. You can't do all that in a day. Trust the process. You know what I mean? Trust the process. Mm -hmm. That was a great deal. It just just took me a month and a half to edit like 14 chapters on one of my clients' books. Literally. Uh And each script you get needs different work, so you won't know what it needs until you get into the grid of it. (laughs) Right. That's That's why rewrites are important. And that's why also mm-hmm. all these all these rules are kind of predicated upon another because you have to know what it is that you're doing. You know, like I got a um, I just did someone's book from Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina, right? Now I'm, I'm from mm-hmm. Carolina. I'm a Carolina guy, so I know about the Geechee Gullah dialect. I know there's a distinct dialect that has to come across in the in the, the dialogue of the book, 
If you don't know that mm-hmm. dialect, then you'll edit that out, and you'll miss the whole theme of the book. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every place has its own slang, so you gotta know what the hell you gotta know what you're doing. Just because you got a degree in language arts, don't mean you can be a book editor. I'm just saying. That's true. We better you. talk about it. <laughs> and that's I'm sorry. Also I sound, very I sound important. Like condescending. My bad. I, I don't mean to sound but condescending no, but because but you know what I said. A, I said an editor. And the editor has to give it to you real raw. That's and how true. I'm not is. trying to knock anyone's education. And, and, and sometimes it, it may come off like that, but you have to let them know, like, this is what you got to do. That's what editors do. An editor is there to tell you, this is what you got to do. They're real, they are saying, this is what I recommend you to do, but really this is what you got to do because their job is to take your pen from good to great. From great to excellent, Indeed. from excellent to outstanding. That is their job. Their mm-hmm. job is to get blood from a turn up. And so you can turn a book in and say it's on point. First of all, it's not on point because your eye is going to fall into the words after a while and you're going to mm-hmm. miss something. And so you got to have that fresh eye on your book. But your editor, that's your right hand. They are supposed to give it to you how they give it to you. Now, you might feel right. away, but just know that after you take it and fix it and bring it back and polish it up, it's going to be on point. It's going to be better than what you bought in the first place. Just saying. Mm-hmm. And, and if you listen, your editor is supposed to make you a better writer, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's you know? right. Like, and you gotta you gotta stay humble. Even the things I know, like going back to the kitchen to process, there were certain things inside that edit that they would tell me. And you know, I'm I'm pretty confident in my in my pen. But there were certain things mm-hmm. through that process it made me a better writer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something like like jumping mm-hmm. characters. Like you know, we getting dirty, but when jumping characters, that's not you're not supposed to do that. You know. Mm-hmm. And you, I, I didn't know that. Now what's jumping? What's jumping characters? Well, for example, let's say you're writing a book in third person, right? It's something you just said, like, they're not supposed to know that. Mm-hmm. If you're writing a book in third person and the protagonist has just shot, you know, I kind of both right, the protagonist just shot the victim, right? Don't jump mm-hmm. from the protagonist's head to the victim's head because the victim ain't going to be in the story no more. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You need exactly. to figure out a creative way, yeah. So you need to figure out a creative way to describe that scene and still make it translate to the reader. Without jumping scene, without jumping heads. And make it things believable. Like right. And, and there's subtle things like that, you know, that, that mm-hmm. may not make a big di- may not seem big, but it makes a big difference in the finished product. And sometimes when you do that, um, Sean, because I've pointed that out to quite a few um, authors, and they say, no, I never really realized that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, those, that's, that's my job to bring it out bring it to your attention because they're not supposed to, they can't read your mind. You know, these right. are things, they don't know why you feel that way. You have to portray it. So it's the, your, your actions portray what it is that you're trying with, you know, your thoughts. So you want to make it believable. So they know, but they, well, I got this on my mind. They don't know that you got on your, on your mind or what you're feeling inside. Especially in first person. A lot of people mm-hmm. would call for the writing first person because it limits your view. Like if you if you're in first person and, and your character is see some fine women, some fine woman, he's not supposed to read her thoughts. You see what I'm saying? You can't mm-hmm. jump to her head if you're in first person. 
You know, yep. so that's that's yeah. one of the challenges of writing the first person. It restricts your view. So that's just mm-hmm. one thing. You know, one of the things you learn along the way. Very true. Very true. Because you have to. You can't. You you're not able to show them all in that. You know, you're not able to mix it up because it's like how they gonna know? They don't know. This person right. is based on whatever they're saying. You can't throw right. this person up in there because they don't know. How they know? Right. They don't know what's going on the side of the room. How how they gonna hear that conversation? <laughs> they outside this mm-hmm. room. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. And again, I'm and, not trying to sound kind of But the thing I like. Mhm. But it's not kind of feminine because you're giving it to them like it is. But the one thing I like about first person is it makes it real. It's yeah, like you can feel it. You're you're literally inside of that scene. Yeah, when it's done right, you can feel it. Love it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Make it now, personal. if it was Make one thing, if it was one thing you could change about mm-hmm. um, the style you have used in, in any book you have written, what what would it be? Well, in the book, I have a book coming out in January called Blood Ties. And it was written in third person. I've been contemplating for years going back and writing that book in first person just to give it a more personal feel. So it's not really a great mm-hmm. – I just want to challenge myself because the story is there. Keep in mind, I, I write third person to focus on the story. But those characters are so dynamic, in my opinion, that I would love to see and tackle them from a first person point of view. Mm-hmm. So I guess if okay. anything else be it. Now, Sean, when you sit down and write a book and it comes to you, has the which version of the person that has already been decided or your characters decide that for you? Uh, I think the story. You know, when mm-hmm. I write in first person, I write from a female's point of view and a male's point of view. I like that subtle exchange. Like if it's, if it's going to be like a real hardcore relationship book, like Forbidden, mm-hmm. all my gangster writer could tell is about relationships. So all of them mm-hmm. are written in first person because relationships are about emotions, feelings, how a person makes you feel. Right. So with uh-huh. first person, I can tackle that. And then I like to do the exchanges in first person. Like in my book, Skin Deep, there's a scene where the guy, Menelik, describes something, right? And he said he had beef with some guys, and he's like, well, yeah, you know, they, they didn't do this for me, so I, you know, I shot him or whatever, right? Or I stabbed him, actually. Uh-huh. And so then... Uh-huh. It, it flipped to the female scene, Makita, and she's describing the same scene, and she describes his motivation as hurting those people because he was protecting her honor. But mm-hmm. she was wrong. So I like to write in first person and those to show different perspectives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, see the, to see the difference how men and women think because we do think differently. So with those books, mm-hmm. I like to do first person to show that so you can feel the character. And in third person, I like to make it more broad. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, how well, is that being able to write a male from male point of view to female point of view for you? Do you find it difficult to be able to jump into a female's mind? I have some of the same motivations. We have some of the same desires. As far as where I get the, um, I always have a muse. Every book that I've written with a female, I've already had a female in mind 
that I knew and based her on or a female that I wanted. Like with um, Forbidden, it was more or less, I just like to get inside a woman's head. I, I've mm-hmm. been a great listener for the majority of my life, and I've always listened to women and, you know, listened to what's said. So I feel like I'm very accurate in similar things when it comes to a woman, number one. But number two, as you know, the character takes on a life of their own. So once I started mm-hmm. out, the character started taking it, taking care of everything else. Mm-hmm. Male or female. Mm-hmm. I love it. Now, yeah. Now, do you read other authors? I mean, what what do you read, John? Do you read just to get a feel of how women think? Do you read women women's books, watch women's shows, just to get that authentic feel for your women characters or your women your woman voice? No, well, first of all, I read. I'm still an avid reader. I'm a reader first, always. I heard y'all talking about the ethic earlier. I just downloaded it. I'm going to start listening to it. Well, actually, I started listening to it, truthfully. I, I'm mm-hmm. a reader first and foremost. Um, well, right, how I say this one? <laughs> all right. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to reading uh, female from a female perspective, I don't mm-hmm. like to take a lot of cues from that because I don't think it's realistic. I think a lot of women, not all of them, not some great readers, let me say that, but some great writers, but as a man, my perspective is going to be a little different than that. I think a lot of women, mm-hmm. a lot of women authors, they write their fantasies, and that's cool. So do I learn from that? Yeah, I'm actually learning, learn from, I'm actually learning from that now, but no, nah, when I read, I read for fun. I still read. I'm that person. Some people don't like to read while they're writing. Because they don't mm-hmm. want whatever they're reading to bleed into their stories. Right. Well, for me, if I'm in a writer's block, I just read. If if I happen to have the inspiration or motivation to write, I read a book, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I just get excited. Like the ethic, you know, that's that's just tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, you have to start, start like you told me, is moth to a flame. Start with moth to a flame. Yeah, I did, well, I, did, I read that. all of them. You I, I did. Know, oh my gosh. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. The one thing about her pen is. First of all, she um, she switches characters inside books. So, like, you got to read mm-hmm. multiple series. Like, she's going to send you on a scavenger hunt for facts. Like, literally, we looking for, like, what do we know about Messiah? Who is his mama? Who is his daddy? So we trying to figure <laughs> out, you know, who is this? So now you got to read Lux. You got you know, you got to go through all these different the books to be able to find out the things. That, but that's what they do. Um, I think that's what she does so well with her books, making sure that uh, she engages the readers. But yeah, that mm-hmm. was, it, they say three is is wild, so I'm waiting. You know, I, I'm gonna be honest now with hers. She she's different. It's hers, another mm-hmm. author out of Detroit, I think she is. But the, with those two, they um the way they write with a female, like they make you feel it as a man. They make me feel the mm-hmm. female emotion. They do. Now, her mm-hmm. and it's another chick, she dope too. But anyway, I can't remember. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, with her book, mm-hmm. they she make you feel it. So I will say that. Like the ethic, you can feel that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, that's definitely get inspiration from that. You can feel it. Yeah, but I'm not necessarily for my books because the characters in my books, they tell their own stories. But I definitely get inspiration mm-hmm. from reading other books for sure. Mm-hmm. Sean, I, I want to go back. This is Tony. 
I'm sorry, Lee. Okay. I want to go back when you when to my other Let's question. You had answered it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a good thing. It's <laughs> a good right. thing. You know, as far as like getting a woman's perspective from her books, I think you would get more more dialogue, more you know, content just talking to women in in general, not necessarily reading them because you get to hear okay. their true feelings. You get to see their expressions because we as women we're very emotional and we're very mm-hmm. expressionable so sometimes just on that daily contact that daily dialogue and dialect with women mm-hmm. you kind of get a sense of how we feel about certain things and 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 just in general how do you feel about that instead of just reading them just dialect and really look, listen to a, what a woman has to say well, I've always considered myself a great listener. I think I've been a good listener all my life. Um, mm-hmm. And I definitely, I'm open to what you're saying as well. I, I just, mm-hmm. I observe, as a writer, I observe life. And when I'm going out to my day-to-day, you know, I, I remember I used to have issues before because people, like in my relationships, my woman would be like, um, you have a wandering eye. And I would try to explain to her that it's not that I have a wandering eye. I'm taking in my sights and sounds of my environment. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, but <laughs> seriously, I'll, do, mm-hmm. I'll be the first one. To, listen, I'll be the first one to tell you that's the case. Y'all know me. That's a good. That's a good one. I just taking in the sight to sound, babe. But no, but seriously though, because I mean, look now, look. If you're looking at it, you already know I'm looking at it too. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm saying, if look now, it's a real. On some real, I mean, I'm I'm a certain age, so it's like on a physical level, that's not that's not what's with me no more. You know what I'm saying? So when I'm telling you, I'm like, for example, I'm looking at the way women walk, I'm looking at the way they dress, I'm looking at the way they carry themselves. I'm always observing my surroundings, you know. Mm-hmm. Not, and I listen you said as that's well. Research. It is that's it's research. research. I'm that's research. That's research. I'm author. <laughs> Yeah, look, I wasn't talking to her, trying to holler at her. I'm just researching. I'm stop. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Keep that I'm research going. That research mm-hmm. got to stay tight and fresh. Yeah, I got to see what's going on with the people. I can't stay in the house. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, you no, too much. To answer your question, I, I do, I definitely take your advice, number one. And um, uh-huh. I definitely agree with you on that. I do like to listen, you know, and observe and all those type of things to get more into my characters. I just said that most mm-hmm. of my characters are based on somebody I know. Mm-hmm. You did say that. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. And uh, some he don't know because he be researching. Right. Right. That's research. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Lee. Good one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a, hopeless, I'm a hopeless romantic, so some of the characters I write I haven't even met yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They may be figures from my imagination for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That, that research coming to life. Yeah, that's it. That's my muse. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, look, John, you know we do stuff fun here on Let's Chat. We got to have that fun element. So you know he's going to give you some props, and you're going to make it do what it do. Oh man! You know I've been waiting for you, right, Sean? You know he was over there talking about something. No, 
I'm about to write this scene out right now. They, they ain't about to give me on oh, no. <laughs> you give me a load of that. Uh, that's why I'm going to change it up because you don't probably wrote your scene. <laughs> no, I like the freestyle. You know me. Oh, we love your freestyle. We love your freestyle. But, Sean, you know, Alicia and I, we so appreciate when you come visit us here in the chat room. We always keep it loud and we have a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna, you know I'm going to give you some props. Now, these are not normal props that you come across in your everyday propness. So your prop tonight, your three props tonight, we're going to start off with a paddle. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to jump over to some marbles. You know those marbles we used to play with? Sometimes you have a glass eye, you look like a marble. And the Hold third, on, you, do, you, you do know I'm an erotic <laughs> author, right? What kind of marbles are you talking about? You know the marbles that a you marble. played with back in the day? Oh, okay. Not being marbles. marbles. Okay, I got you. Yeah, we can do But if you want to take the marbles and make them something else, you can do that too. I mean, <laughs> exactly. 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 No, we want you to be creative with it. We're going to be creative with it. So you have a paddle, you have some marbles, and you have a red thong. Let's put them together. Ooh. <laughs> Y'all set me up. <laughs> 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 All right, some pa- a no, paddle, some marbles, and a red thong. And a red mm-hmm. thong. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Let me see here. Okay. So she walked into my office on tall stiletto heels wearing that red thong that I love so much. Over my shoulders was my long paddle that she loved so much. I fiddled with the marbles in my hand as she walked towards me seductively, slowly, giving me that eye. She placed her manicured hand on the desk and said, have I been naughty, sir? I smirked. You know it. She says, well, give me my punishment. I thought you would never ask. So I stood up, walked around the table, threw her on it, face first, ass up. With my paddle, I teased her curves. I slid it all around her left cheek, her right cheek. I slid it through right on top of her thong. She moaned, she cooed, but she did not stop me. She looked back, her eyes begging me to do it. I looked at her, my manhood begging me to do her. I swung the paddle back as far as I could. Before I made contact, I paused and looked at her. She smiled. Do it. I grabbed my zipper, and you know what came next. Ah, I got it. It's good. (laughs) Stop! Don't stop! (laughs) I I was waiting for you to do some things with the marbles. I thought you was gonna insert whack. Insert whack. I was. That's what you wanted me to do. I started to. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was good, Sean. You know you always come through with them them live inserts. I want to keep it kind of PG, you know what I mean? <laughs> but see, that's why we do. You know, we want you to use some props that you don't normally use, so feel free to use those, courtesy of the ladies of Let's Chat. <laughs> Appreciate it. I might do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
Well, we well we so enjoy having you here in the chat room. You know, you're always welcome here. I appreciate it. Oh, before Absolutely. I go, let me let you ladies know something. So okay, I was you gonna be to in Atlanta other, uh, next week. I am. I actually have a book signing in Barnes and Noble next Saturday on the seventeenth. Uh-huh. And yeah, I'm inviting I everybody. Really, you got you coming through? I'm coming through. You coming through? Where, where? I appreciate you. I'm coming through. In, in addition to okay. that, right? And this is going to the other conversation that the other gentleman had earlier about men mm-hmm. not having certain certain you know um, sources and resources. So one of my greatest yeah. achievements thus far, I just became editor in chief of a magazine called Respect Their Roots Magazine. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys are familiar with the grooming line. Yeah. So this is a magazine to progress the culture. It's a magazine for men directly and women indirectly. And this is that space where the other brothers were talking about earlier where men can't be men and we don't have a circle and so on and so forth. Well, this is that space mm-hmm. for us to do that. This would be like our mm-hmm. version of GQ. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I'm the editorial director slash editor-in-chief, so you know the content is going to be on point. But this is for our culture. Normally I don't even say, like plug those kind of things. But I'm so passionate mm-hmm. about this because I know that we're going to change the narrative. So if you want to find out more information or you subscribe to the magazine, you can go to respectedrootsmagazine.com and check out more information on that. That's what I've been doing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's called R-E-S-P-E-C-T-E-D, rootsmagazine.com. You can see more information and subscribe. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think this uh-huh. is going to be for us. You know, it's going to change the culture. But we can't mm-hmm. do it. Oh, wow. That sounds awesome. I wish you had pressure one, Sean. We would have brought you in while they were on. Uh, <laughs> they they would have loved, I'm sure they would have loved to have heard that. And, you know, and, you know I, I'm glad we were able to have them on because I think in a society where you have so many people that are like, if all the men want to be women and all the women want to be men, where will we be? What's How, that? you know, and mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. We forget to to see them as men because of whoever, whatever, whoever they're sleeping with. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's the stigmatism. Mm-hmm. That 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 first of all, who you're sleeping with? That's a private thing. You know that has nothing to do with his his man side or or his ability to take care of a family, his ability to uh, take care of his children and and raise them mm-hmm. and guide them and protect and and. I think in society we get so wrapped up in nonsense that we forget that that's still a man. I think at the end of the mm-hmm. day, as people, we all have more in common than we have in difference. So mm-hmm. I think that the key is embracing our commonalities. You know what I mean? Because if there's a philosopher by the name of Christian Murphy, and he said that to be well-adjusted to, he said, it is no measure of good health to be well-adjusted to a sick society, right? Uh-huh. So uh-huh. we're all living in the same society. Sanity and so sanity is a, is a misnomer these days, you know, because we're so quick to say, man, the world is crazy. Well, if you're living in a world and you're sane in a crazy world, what does that make you? So I think we need uh-huh. to all be a lot more empathetic to all of our plight and try to band together on our, on our commonalities than our differences, and I think we'll be a better world regardless. <laughs> I totally agree. They had to get the world to agree, or at least open their eyes to a possible agreement. Yeah, I think that was an informative. I think it was an informative topic, informative segment. You know, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think oh, well, we're gonna have you back. 
Yeah, I think as yeah, men. Yeah, we're going to. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. You're about to drop some knowledge. Say, go I, ahead, Tropic. I was going to say, as men, particularly men of color, you know, we don't really have any allies. So we need each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody bombing. As men of color, everybody bombing on us. You know, who, where can we go? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, that's another conversation for another time. Don't get me started on that. But the bottom line is we all need to band together. Real talk. We need to band together. And that's what we're striving to do with Respect and Roots Magazine, man. We're trying to change the narrative. We don't like the way that we're being represented out here. We don't like the way that people look at us. And we're going to change our narrative. And it starts with projects like this magazine and everything that encompasses it. So, yeah, I really would like you guys to support with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did see that, though. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see us. We're going to um, do we, another we, battle of the sexes. Oh, man, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do, we do another battle of the sexes. Um, December the always 7th, you guys are telling me what you got going on in your calendar. Yeah, December oh, really? the 7th. So I got, I'm mixing it up a little bit. We got, um, I got the females. So I'm just trying to get the males in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ring us through. Um, put me in. You know how we do. Yeah. Like, what is the next one? <laughs> <laughs> and even with those. But I think, I think Battle know, of the Sexes is, and it's not a bad thing, like mm-hmm. Mars versus Venus type thing, but I think a lot of times when we established just the last one we had, you know, we failed to communicate. You know what I'm saying? We we failed to communicate, and most of the time we're saying the same thing, or we're we're not clear on what's being said. Like when she says, you know, I like a bad boy. No, you like somebody that's confident. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's different from saying I like a bad boy. No, you like a man that is confident, and that's what draws you into um, that kind of male because he has that confidence and, and that that power that you are looking for because most of the time women are looking for that security and you, you have to get, you have to have confidence to be able to secure anybody, uh, whether you're male or female, you got to have confidence to be able to secure. Cause yes, women, you have to secure your man too. Indeed. And that's why I like those because we, we learn so much within that process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As, as mm-hmm. the biggest thing that we need to know, and I, I like what you call it battle of the sexes because it draws a man, but it really should be like a communication. But, the biggest thing I issue in our relationships is this. Men think different than women. Once we understand mm-hmm. that, then we can communicate through the rest. You know what I'm saying? We're wired differently. You know, mm-hmm. what gives us life is, is chemicals. You know, everything that vibrates to a certain frequency. So the more chemicals mm-hmm. you have, the more vibrations that you're going to have, the more frequencies you're going to be on. So we're different. There are certain, anatomically, we're different. And those parts that make us anatomically different also makes us mentally different in some ways. So most men try to um, – a lot of women try to get men to think like them and vice versa. Uh-uh, don't change it up. You was going to say most men. Uh-uh, don't be trying to change it up. Yeah, I thought that. No, most men try to control women. A lot of men, a lot of men try to control women because they don't trust them. And a lot of women try to control no, they men. They try to because control they, women because they can't control themselves. That's, that's, I'm just saying, I'll put that out there too. Most of the time, so? men can't control themselves. They have their own insecurities. Uh, they do. They got their own insecurities and their own fears. And that's, I, 
I believe that's what um, draws or fuels their need for control because they can't control themselves. Now, you see what I just yeah, said? How I said we're saying the same thing? You see how we say the same thing? Because I just said that men try to control women because they can't trust them, right? Now, you ever mm-hmm. seen an insecure person? Can they trust anybody? Mm-mm. See, nope. we're saying the same thing, they right? They do. They do trust. They do trust. They ain't got trust issues. They go in a restaurant, they sit down in a chair, and they don't question if the food was washed properly. They don't question the chair they sit in. So even with trust, even it's not that you don't trust that person. You don't trust your um, you don't trust your judgment when it comes to that person. Right. Again, if you don't trust exactly, a lot of times you know I was I was going to question that man comment because there's certain parts insecurity and manhood don't even occupy the same space ideally, but that's the idealism. Um, I don't think so. I think that. If you're insecure, because keep this in mind, one comes before two, even in a dictionary. So if I'm not straight as myself, then we're not going to be straight as a unit. So if I don't True. trust myself, I damn sure don't trust you. Because if I, if I don't trust myself, it's because I know what I can be doing or what I could be doing. So then I'm going to put my insecurities on you because I'm like, well, damn, I could be doing this. I know she can be doing this. And there you go. So now you don't trust them. You know what I'm saying? And or, where does that leave everybody? There you go. It's a, it's a, a rat race, man. Mm-hmm. So and you sometimes have to, um, women, it's not even it's not even that they don't trust you. Sometimes we're just plain on nosiness. We just nosy like that. And it's like thank you. This the trust but verify. We nosy. <laughs> like let me tell y'all something. Me, if I ask a question. Nine times out of ten, I know the answer. I'm testing you to see what you're going to tell me because I've already done my research. I already know why I'm asking the question. You know what I'm saying? I want to see what you're going to say. So if I'm asking the question, nine times out of ten, especially if you get real specific, if you get real specific, that means I know something that you don't think I know. So I'm going to see if you're going to sit there and you're going to lie to me because if you're going to lie to me, then we're going to have a problem. So now I got so look, so, back, cause I'm like, so, okay. So he'd be like, so, so he'd be like, wait a minute. Now you're telling me you was at the gas station. So on November 20th at 845, you're telling me you was at the gas station? On November 20th at 845, when you were driving a yellow car on the south side, you mean to tell me you, you was at the gas station? At the south Lake. Yeah. You was at the gas station at the South Lake Mall on November 22nd at 745. That's where you was at, right? Driving a yellow car. <laughs> Be like, oh, uh, hey, look, I don't man. Uh, yeah. We're going to get John Connor real quick. Let me tell you, I'm going to tell a quick story because for a blog talk, kick us out. But my uh-huh. son's father, I had him thinking that, okay, so my homegirl, somebody told me something. And so uh-huh. that sent me into investigation mode. So I'm an investigator. I'm all investigating stuff. I'm like, Direction with you over. You got to be over here in this area, okay? So I was like, my homegirl seen you at the stoplight over on such and such a street with some chicken across. <laughs> he and when he ripped the hire, she was like, "Yep, I seen you." <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, me ain't gonna die with a lie. When it's your girl, like when this is your girl, let me tell y'all, uh-huh. if that's her girl. She rolling with whatever. If she said she saw you on a planet Mars, yep. I seen you on a planet Mars. Hey, 
I'm like Eddie Murphy. You out of here, Hey, you were, Eddie Murphy addressed that back. It wasn't me. Well, I look like Eddie Murphy. Hey, it wasn't me. Sticking with it, right, Sean? You sticking with it. Die with a lie. I don't have them kind of problems. Thank God. Even if you lie, even if you lie, it's all about energy and vibe, right? So even if you lie, it's the energy and vibe. When you lie it, you, your your tone is off. Your energy is off. Something is off because you ain't you lying. So it's like you know now what? she done caught, she done already caught you because she don't know exactly what you lying about, but she know you lying about lying. something. So now she like uh huh. Let me figure out what uh-huh. this is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I only had a problem, but see, look, that's that woman. So that's why women make the best cheaters and best liars because they know what to look for. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they know what to look for. They look. They know. I been I say this too fast. I been I say that too fast. They already know what time it is. But men, <laughs> not too fast, too slow. Because you know, when you take a long time to answer, you thinking about a lie, or you trying to figure out what to say because you don't want to say the truth. So it's like <laughs> you took too long to answer that. You about to lie, huh? <laughs> exactly. And look, I'm gonna right. tell y'all women something right now, right? All y'all be saying y'all want honest. I'm going to tell y'all why men lie. Y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Because y'all can't handle the truth. If you hit a man enough times, he's going to learn when it's done. Nah. But we already know. That be the it's thing. Different. Most of the time, we know. Most of the time, we done already checked. And so the whole theatrics y'all get, it just be theatrics. Like, she already knew she didn't have two whole weeks to sit on that thing. She done sat on that thing for like two whole weeks. Like she's already like been able to 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 marinate in it. Like she done sat on that. I got all kind of angles she gonna come from. I'm gonna get him in the shower. I'm yeah, gonna get him. Done, she, I'm gonna catch Dang. Already messed up. He gonna yep. say this. I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm just here for the comments. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm you, just here for the comments. Look, y'all think y'all good, right? But y'all not really good because the reason why y'all get away with cheating most of the time because men ain't paying attention. Because most men are so wrapped up in what it is they're doing, whether it be legit or illegit, they ain't focused on all that. So we ain't got that kind of time. Like we, the average guy, if we, if we lock in with you, like I said, especially in marriage, we ain't trying to blow our life up because y'all add value to our life. You know what I'm talking about? We ain't looking for stuff to blow our life up. Women, shit. Y'all stay looking. Yeah, I love this guy so much. He makes me so happy. As soon as he put that phone down, let me see what he's doing. Go through that phone. But that's that's nosiness, though. There's a difference between, see, there's a difference between nosiness and investigation. Investigation get real, it get real specific. Like they take in, they done pulled up the, the, the phone bill. They done took the numbers off the phone bill, added them into yo, 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 your phone, okay, who number is this? Okay, who number is this? Like, it's, that, that's investigation when you get real specific. Like, you know, we can get real specific. We can get real, real, real investigative when we need to. But some so of that stuff that we do is just plain on nosiness. Yeah, nosiness is the mother of investigation. So if I can look, I'm going to look because I can. Uh, you know what I call that? I call that police logic. That's like when the police pull you over, they say, can I search your car? <laughs> Like, nah, you can't search my car. <laughs> You're like, well, if you ain't got nothing to hide, why well, can't search your car? Oh, uh, yeah. 
That's police logic. That's what women be saying. Oh, let me see your phone. No, nah, you ain't going to my phone. Why I can't go to your phone? Because it's my phone. If you ain't got nothing to hide, why I can't go to your phone? That's police logic. <laughs> That's what y'all do. That that knows what you're talking about. Yeah, you look at you. You you can't lump everybody in the same in the same barrel. So each each man each man wants to be um, seen as different, and same can ring true for each woman. You know, you can't just lump everybody in the same in the same. Because if I got Honestly if I got to go searching Then I don't need it You know I've never had to go search for A, a, a phone or, or what you're doing If I ask you a question And you feel the need to lie that's on you I agree I'm of the same That's, on you. that's a whole other job I, Look, That's your phone but that's, a whole nother, that's a whole other show right there That's why we're going to have part <laughs> three I like to watch people squirm I do. I like to watch people squirm because I already know. Like I've already, I already know what it is. I already know mm-hmm. why I'm asking. Some stuff I'm just asking just because. But if I'm asking the real specific mm-hmm. certain things, I'm not even really looking at what you say. I'm looking at your demeanor. I'm looking at how you answer, how fast you answer, how you standing, how you leaning. Now I'm, I'm into to trying to, I'm toning in because I already know what I'm asking. So everything is going to make you nervous. And that nervousness, your mind going to be all over the place. If your mind all over the place like that, you go, you lying. But you try. Did we lose your But now, uh, look, that was just in time. I'm going to say this about that, right? And here's where you got to be careful. And I know we're going to say this for the relationship show, right? But mm-hmm. if you get picked up by a police officer, right? Knowing the history of police in this country, and you get mm-hmm. sent to an interrogation room, even if you haven't done anything, you're going to be nervous, right or wrong. True. So when a woman constantly questions a man, she got to realize what she's doing. That's not nothing. He's, like, mm-hmm. he's, nervous. He, he's nervous because you know that you're looking for something. Even, when, if, even if we ain't did nothing, I'm talking about we, lie. Even, even, even if a man hasn't done anything, we're still going to be nervous because if we chose you to be our woman, right, then you leaving us would affect our lives tremendously. So mm-hmm. we don't know the outcome of these questions. So that's a that's a moment that will cause for nervousness. It don't necessarily mean that a man is guilty. It just means that he takes what's going on very serious. But if you got to do all that, even, you were the wrong person. Mm-hmm. And it's not even necessarily the police. I mean, I think just in general, just a natural reaction um, mm-hmm. that you, you're nervous for the unknown because you don't know what's right. about to flow at you. Yeah, if somebody questioning you back and forth, you don't know what they're asking for, of course you're going to be nervous. But like I say, if you got to do all that anyway, you're the wrong person. That's just, so that's, just, that's just me. I mean, I, I may be in the minority, but um, that's just me. But um, it is what it is, and we're going to talk about that. But <laughs> I think I am in the minority, Sean. I really do, because even are, on the I shows, I think I am in the minority on that front. Matter of fact, <laughs> you are in the minority. You know what that shows? That shows growth and maturity. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Matter of fact, it shows that you are whole. Remember that analogy about the one person coming for two? That means that okay. you are confident in who you are solo, and that way you can be a better person for your partner. You know what I mean? Well, I try to bring the, the best me to my partner. That's, that's all I can do. <laughs> right. That goes back to the topic earlier when the guy was saying that you can't expect somebody to do what your parent didn't do. You know, and that's, and mm-hmm. that's all indicative of that. So 
Yeah, you are in the minority, and you know your credit. You are a very credit to your um, people. You know what I mean? Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and I receive it. <laughs> but I look forward to to part three of our battle of the sexes. I think the title alone is what draws viewers. You know that battle of of, of mm-hmm. b- between the two bumping heads. So we got to keep it at that, Sean. But please shout out to social media before you head out the chat room. And it, as always, you know we love when you come visit us here. Alicia got kicked out. Blog Talk kicked her out. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna wrap up this show. So, but just make sure you put out your social media and any the new book that you have coming out in January and anything else you want our listeners to know about author Sean Sinclair. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Sean Sinclair. You can find me on Facebook at Author Sean Sinclair. Look for the new book that just released, Street Rap. I have a book signing at Barnes and Noble and Buckhead on November 17th. If you're in the Atlanta area, come on through. I'd love to see you and chop it up. January, I have a new book coming out called Blood Ties. You'll see the promos coming up for that real soon. You can pre-order that right now at Amazon.com or SeanSinclair.com. You can find out more information about me and my books at SeanSinclair.com. If you're an author out there who wants to get your books done properly, you can visit me at pen2penpublishing.com. We can talk. The number is, I mean, excuse me, the website is pen2penpublishing. That's P-E-N, the number two, P-E-N, publishing.com. And I thank you, ladies, for having me as always. It was a treat. Oh, we thank you for joining us. I mean, I mean, we know your time is precious, and I know we went over the clock, Indeed. but it was all for a good. It was all for a good cause, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Now I got to get back to work. <laughs> I know you and me both, right? So you enjoy the all rest right. of your evening, and until next time. You too. Thank you. Okay. Have a good night. You too. Great. Okay. That was the infamous and the famous author Sean Sinclair. And if you missed any of our interviews, no worries. Just head on over to Blog Talk Radio as well as anywhere iTunes is sold and download our podcast. The ladies of Let's Chat appreciate you for joining us tonight. We look forward to another regroup tomorrow evening. Make sure you join us. We are coming to you live at 7 p.m. Friday night. We out. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. Have a great evening.